said you podcasted me your podcast is over the moment your podcast ends my podcast begins you're using it too many times no that's the right amount of times because i'm replacing the same word right love yes correct and what is a podcast but love expressed right well what is what is more important than podcasts right love remember when everyone went crazy over that quote from wandavision what is grief but love persevering or whatever uh yeah yeah what is a podcast but love on my i thought people were I, th- I think that was a pretty good line. I do I too. Kind of got got too worked up about this that. This is the problem with the internet, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hit the nail on the head. I'm gonna sum it up, and the discourse is over. I'm gonna tell you what the problem with the internet is. Okay. Anything said too many times is annoying. <laughs> sure, right, right. That's it. You got it. That's it. <laughs> Even if it's something you agree with, or, we right. basically yeah. create a platform <laughs> where every voice is at the exact same volume, <laughs> right. and the most correct point in the world becomes, dare I say it, cringe. <laughs> Sure. The second it is said for the thousandth, thousandth, thousandth time. Now everyone's going to say that I can't say the word thousand. That's going to be the thing <laughs> that's annoying. That'll be the next cancellation. Yeah. Griffin can't say thousand. Also, cringe What's is annoying because people have said it too many people times. People are sick of saying cringe. I saw someone tweet, what, you can't type out embarrassing? Like, why, why yeah. do we all say cringe now? I do think cringe is... One of the cringiest things that people are wow. saying online. I think any variation of calling something call cringe, things cringe makes me you actually speak, cringe. Yeah. Me, I, yeah. I, oh, I can. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cringe, cringe is cringe is elicits the feeling that it's meant yeah, to. It's, right, it's over, but right. in the wrong direction. It's recursive, right? Almost yeah, yeah. the only way. Have you guys heard about the self-described cringe comedians? It's a go on movement on TikTok. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like they li- they exist only to make you cringe. Is this like There's Jake Novak uh, reclaim the word kind of stuff? Wow, what a <laughs> what a <laughs> reference to make. Uh, it was the New York Times article recently, okay, and it profiled three or four different cringe comedians, and their whole thing is they're just doing like I'm an annoying person characters. Right, right. I can't imagine they someone have building their entire comedic persona followers. around being annoying on purpose, kind of needling their co-hosts, <laughs> I, I feel like saying bad the, jokes, one repeating the, words that are overused. One of the people involved said she made like a half a million dollars well, that's this year brag. just through Good for her. Uh, you know, deals with brands. This existence, their existence is annoying to me. Yeah. Mm. The fact that this movement exists. But is they, they would be like, gotcha. No, but yeah, I'm cringing. Like, it's it not, no, I'm perfectly. not cringing. No, I'm, they'd be like, yes, you are. I'm tisking. <laughs> you're just tisking? I'm going, oh, brother. <laughs> you're, you're harumphing? I'm not cringing. Mm-hmm. My body is still. My eyes are rolling. Mm. My yes. feeling with cringing is that my skin skin lifts. That's the feeling yes. for me. It tightens. It's like, it like oh, oh your whole like my skin like wants to leave my body right yeah. is the oh, feeling oh, you yeah. know when the something's tingle. really yeah yes just yes like, you're right. like mm, no uh-uh. I always describe it as making my teeth hurt yes, yes. I which I think like, is yeah. one of your best phrases thanks yeah owns thanks. bones yeah that's a good one makes your teeth hurt yeah mm-hmm. I was out to brunch recently this fucking guy next to me orders sambuca with this espresso. And it's just like he clearly just learned about Sambuca and he's showing off. Does he want it in the espresso? 
that would it's be a very whole odd. Thing where you get a sambuca and they put like three huh. espresso beans in. It's like it's oh. a thing that you would do oh. out to dinner, but like this fucker is just like out on a date or something. He's like, Cafe do you have sambuca? Mm. And they were like, no. See, I don't know. Oh yeah, because yeah, it was just some random Brooklyn brunch place. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, what? No, we don't have that. I can put <laughs> champagne and orange juice for you. Do you want me to do that? Yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, this has basically become a, a new recurring segment. Uh, Ben's, <laughs> Ben's dining complaints. About, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tatiana, we're not introducing you yet, but I want to <laughs> just let you know that I'm directing this next statement towards you. Okay. Uh, ben, uh, at this point, it will, will have been several months ago. Yeah. Uh, I told a story on Mike about uh, how he was uh, duped into buying an overpriced steak at a restaurant that the waiter upsold him with an off menu item that he did not list the price for. And he said it was a better deal because the sides were included and the sides would basically pay for themselves. <laughs> and then it costs a lot more money. It costs a tremendous amount of, mo- amount of money. I, I can barely comprehend. What was the What was the price? Oh, bleeped. Okay, so we're going to bleep it again. We're going to bleep it again. <laughs> On Friday night. No. Right before we were recording today, right? Uh, this past Friday, uh, some weeks after that episode came out, I went to a friend's birthday party. Two different people independently asked me, hey, I totally understand if you can't say it, but can you tell me what the I bleeped amount maybe, of the steak is? I got maybe 20 text messages. From, I got a bunch of those as well. Right? Like how much yeah. did the steak cost? Tell me, yes. tell me the number. Tell the me following that. night is Ben's actual birthday, birthday Benny's birthday. We went to his birthday party. It's like a fun group of people, you know, and you're, you have a birthday party, you have friends and different social groups. People Thank you for describing birthday together. parties. No, what I'm uh-huh. saying. Uh-huh. Maybe Ben's apartment, people phone. are hanging out in different spaces in different configurations. Ben at one point walks into his living room, sits down in a chair, and starts relitigating the steak thing. I swear to you, like a magnet, everyone follows in, sits down, crisscross applesauce on the floor, pin drop silence. Half the room is waiting for him to drop the price, and half the room doesn't know where the story is going. But Ben talked about it, because when you did on the podcast, it was like you were playing up a genuine frustration comedically. Right. <laughs> when Ben told it at the birthday party, there was a thousand mile stare as if he was recounting his time in Vietnam. <laughs> no one laughed. It was a harrowing story. I'm haunted by it. Truly. It seems, I can't sleep. It, you really, it seems to. <laughs> I'm experiencing insomnia from this It's experience. getting worse really? as time goes on. I think on. you got to let it go. Well, no, I'm just. Oh, okay, okay, you're playing into it. Sorry, sorry. sorry. I don't know how much he's playing into it. <laughs> I'm mad about it. Furious still, about very it. Very much. He so. got. He was so mad about. It, he got his ear pierced. Oh yeah. Yeah, Ben got his ear pierced. That's like a recent thing I did. Wow. Post steak though, it does feel like an expression of. Yeah. It feels like a response, a trauma response, yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to change yourself in order to yeah. work through something. And to like right. recognize yourself again. And after you, yeah, you've you want to feel this. something. Right. Like, poke a hole in me. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and wow. stuff a steak in I'm there. I'm feeling cringe because you're all looking and analyzing me. <laughs> all right, come on. Uh, Griffin, what's our podcast? Our podcast is Blank Check with Griffin and David. I'm Griffin. David. It's a podcast about filmographies, directors who have massive Saskatchewan. Oh. This is the episode where I'm not going to say anything correctly. You almost said Saskatchewan. Where they have massive You're from Saskatchewan. That's right. I think you were just That's feeling, what I was feeling doing. the vibes. I was doing that. It was on purpose, right. and it was clever. Do you rep Saskatchewan? Like, are you Saskatchewan yeah. proud? That's why I don't know why that's I'm, why I'm doing a black power into his, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess I, it's just general sort of solidarity. Yeah, yeah, oh, for sure. That's why I was sending it to you. 
to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, massive success early on in their careers. Mm. Enough success to buy the world's fanciest steaks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're given a series yeah. of blank checks yep. to make whatever With crazy. With two sides. Two sides <laughs> included. <laughs> you said the sides were garbage too. Yeah, it was just like watercress that was dressed in like a normal ass dressing. <laughs> and French fries, right? French fries. Yeah. Oh boy. You can get those pretty cheap. Thin, yeah. Thin French fries or thick? Because if they're thin. They were thick. Okay. Yeah. They were good fries. I prefer thin. I think a, a thin is actually classier. Yes. I, I think agree. it's classier, but I if you're paying this much for it. Thick is like you did. Oh, oh, you chopped a potato four times. Good job. You right. made a French fry. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whereas we're talking more like shoestring level I thin. I like that yeah. stuff. Especially with a steak. Yeah. I think, oh, it's, yeah. I think it's right with a steak. Because you soak up the juices. Yeah. But they only gave him five. <laughs> it was five fries. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, they're giving a series of blank checks to make ever crazy passion projects they want. Sometimes those checks clear. And sometimes they bounce. Baby, this is a mini series on the films of Park Chan-wook. Today we're talking about, I was going to say his final film, but his most recent film, the final film in this mini series, yeah. which has been called I'm a Podcast, but that's okay. That's right. It's yep. Decision to Leave. Decision to Leave is and our most guest recent today, film. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong about this. Is this our first Emmy winner on the podcast? Tatiana, do you have an Emmy? I do. Congrats. We've Thanks. been trying to collect an Oh, you won an Emmy for guests. Orphan Black, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. That was awesome. I no, forgot no, about that. Emmy. Don't think she won some. <laughs> you were like, I, you were about to denigrate. Sometimes people will kind of sneak an Emmy. She I, I thought you did. She was a, she was a primetime no, star. I knew it was a huge triumph for genre television. It was such a great moment. Yeah. I remember that. I'm just saying, yeah. we're trying to collect our EGOT. Oh, oh is right. that what we're of doing? Guess. Are you, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've had two Tony Award winners. Wow. Cerverus. Who's the other one? Lynn. Yeah, Lynn Manuel Miranda. Sorry, Lynn. You have like uh, eight Tonys. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. He might have an Emmy, too. He might have he snuck does. an Emmy. I That's what I'm talking about. he won a about. daytime Emmy for Did Wonder he? Pets, for writing songs for Wonder oh, Pets, I believe. That's nice. It is nice. And he counts for Grammy, too. Okay, geez. Well, now we're just kind of, you know, bragging. Yeah, well, just yeah, hanging it off. Tatiana Maslany is here. Man. Yes. Hi, hi, hi. hi, hi, hi. I'm sorry I forgot about your Emmy win. I was, oh, that was God. a big deal. I wish you would shit I've ever experienced. It. It's a very important yeah. thing. Where you you demand it. You're I one do. of those people. It's, the most it's Emmy trite winner. question, but where do you put yeah. your Emmy? I'm one of those. Uh, Bathroom. Sh- no, I, it's like in my storage locker. I'm not. I'm not like a put things on the. I don't. I don't have that in me. I like um, I like to mm. put toys on the shelf. I don't like okay. put put awards we on the shelf. We have a lot of toys, yeah, on our shelf. We if do. I won a sports award, I would put that on the shelf because okay. that would be really kind of like sure. a thing, like a Olympic medal. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. I if I snuck an Olympic <laughs> medal, one of those. <laughs> yeah. I just got really good at javelin for a minute. There. Yeah. Or got awarded it for. That I was, don't know. Have, I've said this on the mic before, right? This is maybe potentially a five timer. There was a rumor I had heard. That that was Cynthia Erivo's goal. What You've was said to be before. the first EGOT winner with also an Olympic medal. Oh, I love that. She's That's very, awesome. very athletic. Very she good. Is. Run. Yeah, she's fit as hell. But you could, you could, you could pick up a like a Gina Davis archery kind of thing. I I remember when I was doing track and field because I was deeply unathletic. I would always pick the ones where you were most stationary. Right, the oh, least yeah. running. Yeah, yeah, the shot yeah. put. Shot <laughs> hammer. Great. doesn't make any sense. The hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shot I was like puts a great well, medal to win. Not to Jump bring up that goal. you're from Saskatchewan again, but you are from Saskatchewan. Did uh-huh. you uh, skate? Was there I, hockey? I, was a, I, was a, I didn't play hockey, but okay. I skated in hockey skates. Mm. Sure. I'm, a good, I'm a good skater. Good I'm a good skater. inline skater. Did you skate to school? 
up a hill. <laughs> yeah, backwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I do rollerblade in LA, which seems like uh, I could get an award for that. Well, we that's should, well, yeah. you should add very... that to the Olympics. Yeah, yeah and you should absolutely. compete. <laughs> yeah, for Canada. the hills of Las Feliz on rollerblades. That's absolutely. that is wild. it's very dumb. Yeah. It's not smart. No, no, I think it's uh, smart and cool. Do yeah. do. Do you ever see other people do my experience? Yeah. <laughs> I walk more in LA than most people, and it feels like people view me as if I am oh, so a, you're, you're a, a ghost. Weird. Yeah, no, same. I right. remember walking in LA and people pull over and are like, Are Concern. you okay? Right. Yeah. Do you need help? Right. I are, do, are you gonna wash <laughs> my like windshield? Away from like <laughs> yeah. a, a car crash. <laughs> right. And so you're some days. Yeah. That bleeding. or yeah. like which vegetables are you selling? You know, yeah, yeah. it's like that's the response. Yeah. Yeah. No, biking in LA too, which is sure. another thing I do. Also, and I feel like anybody I see that's on bike, we like nod to each other. We're like, hey, we're doing it. But this is what's weird about this, and this is of course a mountain movie. So this is we're actually making a really seamless, intentional segue yeah. back into the <laughs> ostensible subject of this episode. Mm-hmm. People love fucking hiking in L.A. It's the number one thing they all like to do. Right. And then you talk about walking anywhere where people are. Right. Where places are. They go are, to a place to And walk. they act like right. you are demented. Right. Yeah. You got to go hiking. You got to go to this place and then we'll right. walk. Right. right. You're not and just going to like walk to in and Walk to the top, whatever. walk back. Right. But if you're walking right. with intent to actually accomplish something, uh, nope. Silly. Silly. I got nothing. I got nothing. I don't want to. I don't want to start another New York, LA beef on this mm-hmm. podcast right yeah. now. They're different in a lot of ways. What? Mm-hmm. I've noticed a couple, <laughs> and if I can actually take up my notebook here. Do you like LA? Yeah. Are you happy in LA? I do. Yeah. You're I not. Do. You're not. You're not like tempted when you're here. Like, oh, New York City, Big Apple, it's, never sleep. It's a lot. It it's is a lot, lot for my it's little system. Yeah. You're doing a Broadway play right now. Yeah. You. This is the second Broadway play you've done. And are these? The two longest periods you've been in New York that you've lived in New York. Yeah, yeah, right. for sure. When I did network, that was like a year. Yeah, right. That was like a crazy. It was a long hit. Was People a hit. wanted to see them. It's a it hit. Sold out every night because yeah. of Brian Cranston. Cranston. Bafobio. The cra- yeah, yeah. That was the Crambone effect. The Crambone. And he calls it that, and it's copyrighted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Crambone effect. Yeah. Knocks on your dressing room. Check You're the like, box is- office. They said it's still Cramboning <laughs> out. What is Crambone? <laughs> I don't think he knows that's what I call him. But. It's you one of the Crambone. Yeah. <laughs> you did every day dap him up like, hey, Crambone. Yeah, hey, Crambone. <laughs> I do a lot of bad impressions on the show, like oh, on the spot dude. for the opening, you know, when sure. I butchered the quotes. Character. Mm-hmm. There's like three impressions I have that are good. And one of them is uh, uh, Brian Cranston and uh, Trumbo. Have you seen Trumbo? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to write in the bathtub. <laughs> How do you feel about that? I love it. Thank good. you. Good. I I'm love glad it. you like that. It also echoed like you were in a bathtub. You have to. Well, <laughs> the, you got to project so far. Right? Yeah. Splish splash. <laughs> um, so you're you're in town. Uh, you're not in. You're in town. You're in a play called no, Grey House, but you're in town in New York City. Uh, and, had, and for a long time, I wanted to get you on the podcast. Wow. Um, and it's thrown out a lot of things. You're someone who, in a way I find endearing. <laughs> oh, no. Every time we've had the conversation, you've been very self-conscious of like, I don't know if I know enough to I don't know come enough. on that one. Oh, for sure. And I feel similarly to, to today. No. You've come in with three pages of notes. Yeah. But this Double-sided. Is, double-sided and sort of laid out in front of you. Yeah, just mm-hmm. to reference. Mm-hmm. I did um, not color code, code them. but you could, Did you consider color coding I did. Them? Okay. I did. Because David and I would talk and he, he'd say like, Yes, you, mm-hmm. David Sims, be like, have you talked to Tatiana about possibly doing the show? I said, yes, yeah, she wants to do it. 
goes, what movie does she want to do? And I said, Tatiana's answer is usually assign me homework. Right, well, right. Here's the thing. I go out with you and Brendan. Your husband, My Brendan husband, Hines, Brendan Hines. Friend of the show, past and future guest. Yeah, and the two of you. So handsome. It's so handsome. He's so handsome. handsome. And he's an absolute doofus, too. Know, which is the really best part. He's a silly Billy. He is a goofball. Yeah. Um, but the two of you talk about films in this way that I'm like, this is a different language. These are references to things within the industry that I don't understand. And you guys get plot, which I find very difficult. <laughs> oh, you mean sort of just the general plot of a movie? I You're find like, plot I'm here really for difficult. vibes, I'm here for performance. Truly, like, right. I'm here for like little moments that I'm like, oh, whoa. Like, right. I don't know. Or like, I, I find plot, which is why this movie is a little daunting to me. Yeah, because this movie is incredibly some... plotty, although I don't think it's that important. This is the it's thing. not yeah. right. But book is stuff. it's like there's a lot of dense plotting, but also it's so much more about vibes and emotion, and character arcs. Mm-hmm. Right. He's, and he's like presented Hitchcock out in that of order. Way. Right. right. And then you're sort Where of like, like, am I supposed to be keeping track of all right. these people? He likes the right. narrative puzzle. He likes the surprise, but it's like that's not actually what it's about, though. Well, and interestingly, too, our detective, the plot, he sort of decides what the plot is. Yeah. Like he, in so many ways, kind of erases the plot. Right. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And I goes for vibes <laughs> himself. Yeah, makes a decision to leave. He does. Um, yeah. Like, what's your favorite movie, though? Like, or what's a movie you throw on? Uh, I would I would throw on A Woman Under the Influence often. Hell yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've seen it probably 40, 40 times. Oh, maybe we should do Johnny C. Yeah, we should. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Hey. Tatiana, I want you to know, before you start to give him credit for suggesting that, I pushed it many times, <laughs> yeah, and David's response guy. is always, not my guy. He's not, <gasps> no, I like Casavetti. He's more your guy. He is absolutely more, more guy. my guy. Yeah. I'm just saying, I don't like give him. David like brownie him. points. I think I deserve a brownie point. I pushed that up a hill. <laughs> You're um, amazing, David. Thanks. I would love, I mean, I'd love hey. it. Well, come on back. I've so um, many times. Under the, the, the one I feel like you told me after the fact we should have had you on for, although it was a great episode and a great guest, but that you you like No Nightmare Before Christmas backwards and forwards. I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I really, really do. Like, I can quote it. There's a few movies that I've seen so many times that I can quote them. I assume that was sort of a seminal childhood film for you. It was. Yes. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, for no. sure. Right. But even like There Will Be Blood is one that I've seen probably like 50 times. It's one that I'll like put on just to watch a scene and then I kind of get sucked mm-hmm. in and can't. I, but can't I knew stop. there would be movies like that for you. Right. If you're going for vibes or moments or whatever. Right. Like movies where you're like, let me put this on. Yeah. But I'll say right. this too. I, th- I think you are very uh, self-effacing in underselling your uh, ability to talk about film. Uh-huh. Um, you find it cringe? No, no. Because <laughs> no, I've had, I've had so many great conversations with you about <laughs> movies uh, and and I think, and look, this is a thing I've perhaps said about other guests before on the podcast, but I think you are one of the few actors I know who I think can really talk about acting intelligently and unpretentiously mm. in a way I find interesting and engaging. Mm. And I've said that about other actors who have been guests on the show, but the reason is those are the only actors I want on the show. <laughs> right. There are a lot of actors I know. Who I find don't really like movies, sure, sure, and cannot talk about acting at all. It's tough to talk about. It's a tough thing to talk about. Like if I ever interview actors, I have no idea what to ask them, and I think they often are like, "I don't really know what you want me to tell." Yeah. About like however this works. Yeah. Whatever. It's a little elusive, right? For sure. Well, I I think no. Sorry, what were you gonna say? No, but I was gonna say like even Brendan and I were talking about it, like watching this film with subtitles. 
also like changes the way that you do watch performance in a way. Um, and I felt like seeing it because I've seen it now twice. And the first time, I mean, I was still struck by the performances, by how, especially our lead dude, just like his beautiful, like intense focus on her, just how he sees her. You can feel it in 100%. a way that's so visceral. But also in this way, and perhaps it's in the dossier of research that JJ pulled oh, up. I should pull that up. But watching it this time in particular, I was really wondering how much... Good movie to see twice. I yeah, oh, absolutely. The first time is very overwhelming in terms of you're like, how much should I be yes. following uh, the, the narrative here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah go ahead. No, I, I think the whole thing that's so fascinating about Tangway's performance in this movie is that it is playing with that, where it's like when you watch a foreign language film, whatever your native language is, any film that is not in that, where you're watching a performance with subtitles in a language you do not understand, how are you judging that performance, you know? And I think in a certain way, it's like, well, that really shows you what acting is. It's not about just like line delivery on right, a surface level, yeah. right? right? It's so much of an energy. It's such a visual thing, especially in filmmaking and like connection points and whatever. And you can kind of hear the inflections and the emotionality of a line without understanding the words that are being said. But this is like a movie that is about that because for half of the movie, the lead character cannot really speak directly to the female lead character. Mm -hmm. uh, either she is translating herself in real time, they're communicating over text message, you know? Mm -hmm. Like he's processing her trying to suss out whether she's for real or not in the way that we kind of view a performance in a foreign language. Sure. Totally. Is she, and is she giving a performance? Right. How right. much, do, yeah, is she playing him? Right. And is that like, is, is him not understanding what she's saying obfuscating it? Mm -hmm. Is him... Is her writing in the written word rather than looking him in the eye obfuscating something, you know? All that sort of stuff. Yeah, I was reading about the subtitle translator. Um, and it was really interesting because the the lines are so precise, but they don't translate directly. So the line about um, where she's Goog like Google translating, basically the thing about uh, bring me the heart of that kind detective mm -hmm. or bring me the head of that kind detective. Mm -hmm. It's actually in the original script, it's supposed to be the heart mm. physical right, right. is what he hears, but but the metaphorical heart is what she means. But we don't have two words for that. Right. Yeah. Right. So it had to be like something more intense, like his head, to be like impactful enough. Or even like the later scene with the second husband where he's sort of drunkenly texting on the bridge and it's filled with typos. Mm -hmm. You're like, how do you as a translator translate typos? Right. You know, what's the right letter to drop? What's the right misspelling? There's a lot of, yeah. I mean, this this is a movie about uh, a translation, a means of communication. Communication golfs. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Right. Um, it's also just a sort of simmering noir sort of a throwback i feel like we don't get movies like this enough anymore genuinely sexy movie without being even like particularly lurid but it's just so hot yeah uh, and i remember last year that being kind of a narrative of like you know movies aren't hot anymore right like this is this is a movie with like real tension sexual tension yeah uh, well, having core. fewer sex scenes than a lot of his yeah, films. Yeah, his movies are often more right, lurid. And, and the yeah. sex scenes aren't the sexy parts of this movie. No, they're like no. the least sexy. Yes. They're like where the sexiness is removed. They're, right. they're, yeah. they're like toothbrushing. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Uh, I saw this in theater. I did, yeah. Did you guys see it when it came out? Yeah. I saw it in theaters. Yeah. 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 I saw it at the Brattle, I think, in Boston. Was it the Brattle? It was like a great old yeah. theater, old rep theater. That is a, yeah. Cambridge. Uh, the Brattle. Yeah. It might have been the Brattle. And if it wasn't, shout out to the Brattle because hey. I love you. Yeah, you right got me a shout out either way. We should say also, this movie was in the United States released by movie. That's true. Freaking One of our sponsor of the show. Most faithful sponsors. But, but the beginning is, of their theatrical distribution. Yeah. Right? yeah. And and I feel like was a bit of a sleeper hit. Uh yes. Um, it was unfairly snubbed for an Academy Award. He has never gotten no. nominated. That's no. kind that's of not that surprising. His movies are very shocking. Like I and would a say lot of generally genres, uh, sure. And like, uh, but I did feel like this was his chance because it's yeah. sort of like this felt like the one. This is a mystery movie. Like this mm -hmm. is the kind of thing people want. But it was sort of a hot year, I guess. And yeah, they they have submitted him. It's it was the first time they had submitted him. That's wild. Okay. Right. Wow. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. You know, it's a it's a country that makes a lot of movies too. Yeah. It's not like yeah. And his buddy Bong, he's got to constantly go up against. Bong has only been submitted twice, for Mother and Parasite. Wow. Okay. Parasite won. Remember? Yeah, best picture. Mm -hmm. Best director. <laughs> best screenplay. Um, so, yeah, let me give you some context then Please. about uh, this film. So this is, he's making this after The Little Drummer Girl. So he's mm -hmm. just, you know, worked on a tele, his first television show. It was American or English or, you know, it was English right. language. Because there's a six-year movie gap. But I yes. imagine Little Drummer Girl that is took some time. taking up a lot of that time. Um, yeah. He got attached to a very famous blacklist script, a notorious blacklist script. Stoker called, 2. <laughs> called The Brigands of Rattleborge, okay. which is written by S. Craig Zoller. Oh, yes. Uh, the, you know, provocateur yes. uh, of independent film. I don't know if you've heard of S. Craig Zoller. Um, but Man he makes the these world's tightest ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> he makes these incredibly yep. gnarly indie sort of thriller i don't know how you do i it. used to see him at sweet, sweet green all the time oh, and really yes and in i the harvest I would, bowl you told me this. i would yeah, text yeah, yeah. you and you would say i'm surprised you can recognize s craig zoller and i would just always say his ponytail is so tight that first you go what's up with this guy so a tight ponytail like yeah. tight up here like is he getting tension alopecia at the front it, it looks like someone's drawn his hair because it's so like slicked. stretched it's yeah. slicked Ooh. and it's just like yeah straight lines back it's like how a kid draws hair yes right. like, mm, mm, mm. yes mm -hmm. um so that's like a western you know that right. i'm sure is that was quite his violent. like breakout spec script right that's never been made right uh, right he makes all these movies where people get like sawed in half or like their face gets smushed and you're like Ugh! or they just like <laughs> eat a tuna salad sandwich for 15 minutes. right but then they're all that's like two and a half hours long yeah. right exactly yeah. it's all he's he is a he's, very very interesting filmmaker. Yes. 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 Um, I gotta see this ponytail. Uh, yeah, I'll show you the ponytail. Yeah. Uh, it's some. Uh, okay. Well, you know that thing though, where you see someone in person and you're like, that person's striking, and then the more you look at them, you're like, oh, they're somebody. They have to be. They couldn't just be anybody. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to find a picture of him. I mean, you can kind of see it here. I just feel like it's gotten tighter over time. It looks tighter <laughs> in person too. It like, doesn't like somehow a, totally. But you can okay. sort of see the. Yeah. The intensity of how tight it's been yeah, pulled here. Yeah, that's a tight pony. That would hurt. There it looks like Jennifer he pulls Carpenter. the pony and then gels it, if that makes sense. Oh, well, as a former ballet uh, prodigy. That's what it looks like. That, you ballet prodigy? No, I was a ballet prodigy. Um, <laughs> 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 but I know I know about ponytails. That, I know that, about pulling those back so that you're crying. That is what it looks like. It looks yeah. like ballerina hair. When do you start ballet? I have a daughter. Four. Okay. If you're... 
if you want to. Maniac. Yeah. Like, you don't have to do that. My daughter's going to be very tall, though, and I know it's tough to be a tall ballerina. It's tough to be in any ballerina that's not, like, made of a toothpick. So very, very small. Yeah. David's wife is also over six feet tall. We've made a tall child. They are America's tallest couple, and (laughs) I am just constantly terrified of how few days I have left until she is taller than me. (laughs) Were we talking about how taller people have more value? Yeah, we oh, were. Was it me and you that yeah, were saying we were like, saying it's the ultimate currency in this broken right. world? That's yeah. right. And yeah. why we have Inches. zero currency. Yep. Your yeah. height is listed as 5'4. Is that correct? 5'3. Wow. <laughs> That's just, I, I, I embellished it slightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brandon is quite tall as well. He thought I was 5'8. He described me to a friend as 5'8. You have 5'8 energy. Because you you mean, sell it. But do you mean he has. You also tend I to have wear this. Tall, tall shoes. I have this as a tall man. <laughs> Yeah. Where I'm kind of like, who knows how tall any of these small people are? Yeah, what are you, 5'8"? Sure. These, these little beeping things <laughs> yeah, running around. These things can barely detect them at all. <laughs> They're sort of scuttling around my feet. Yeah. I always think I'm the same height as anybody I'm standing opposite. And then I see a picture and I realize. Like you're like. But I do have like a feeling of I'm making direct eye contact with this person on the same level. You were, regardless of their height. You were the other day you were wearing like quite tall boots. Yeah. And then we were standing in the street outside a restaurant and you went, do you want to see my impression of when I talk to Brendan? Which I thought that's a weird thing to say when this, Brendan yeah, is right there. Bit? And then you walked over bit? to um, scaffolding. This is Brendan did this. No, didn't you do he this? Went, this is my impression of Tat talking to me. And I he thought went you over. did this. Okay. There was a lot of doing this happening. There were a lot of bits happening. Yeah. You're aggressive bitters, the two of you. <laughs> Good. Especially like a physical bit. Brendan walked over to scaffolding where there was a sign place very high. <laughs> and he basically jumped up and down like a small dog <laughs> trying to talk to the sign. That is very funny. That's an impression yeah. of his wife right, talking yeah, right. to him. The, the woman he loves. Right. Um, who's your tallest coaster? Is it annoying to act as, alongside a very tall person? You're not even that small, though. Oh, I don't know. You put him in heels. You put him. Yeah, you do. Him. Well, well, wait wait him. She-Hulk is all about you got real big. Well, right. that's true. And there was a physical, there was a, an actress on set who was sort of like the height eyeline reference double. Right. That's right. She's yeah, six, Malia. seven. Yeah, she's six, seven. And so she would like sit in a chair to like show us how her body might, you know, sit in like a chair that is made for somebody who's not as tall as she is. Right. right but then right. I was on platforms too. And I had like a big face on top of my Did head on a like stick. <laughs> <laughs> it was truly like a, my face like I like that. Smiling. I was smiling. it green or was it? It was green. It was green. Wow. But it, and it was like she hulked out and it was like this. Or there was this dead mask that they put on sometimes that had like little gray, um, silver eyeballs. Okay. And it was like truly like dead face. And that would be up here too. So my co-stars, they're, they're the ones who really made, it, the made it happen. <laughs> yeah. Did you feel uh, more powerful being on, on those like stilts? I felt more like a big baby <laughs> than ever before. <laughs> The feeling was like, yeah, like do do do, which kind of works. It works. Uh, no, I just don't think about this stuff until I have to think about it. You don't right. think that an actor's going do do do. Park wants to go back to Korea. That's the thing. okay. As much as he's getting attached, I think it's like I think the whole thing is like Hollywood is like we want you. Right. You know, like we, you clearly are a good genre director, wildly like, out of order, but it's. 
Stoker, Stoker, hand, uh, Stoker handmaiden. handmaiden, drummer girl, this. Right, and Handmaiden is a Korean film, obviously, but that was the partly funded, I think, by Amazon. Right? Like, he's by sort of, Amazon. Stoker's his only American film, and The Little Drummer Girl was American. Uh, and I think maybe made him Co-production, but yeah. sure. Uh, 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 English language. Right, English language. Sure. Um, but so he's homesick. Mm-hmm. He wants to make a Korean film. He starts brainstorming ideas with Chung Siakyung, his uh, frequent, you know, uh, co-writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has two ideas. One, he has a detective story idea, uh, and he's like, I don't want to do something about like a macho mystery cop, right? You know, mm-hmm. who's like swearing and smoking and punching people. Uh, so instead, he starts to come up with this character in Decision to Leave. Uh, his concept is a police officer who doesn't carry a gun, but instead carries instead carries wet wipes, right? Like this sort of like <laughs> weird, courteous kind of cop, um, a gentleman cop, right? Uh, he's also very interested in, my goodness, a Korean 1967 uh, hit song called okay. The Miss. Yeah. Uh, which uh, is about a protagonist who's trying to understand the world around them. Uh, do you know about this? Well, this factors prominently into the movie. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, and uh, his he, this is a song he's loved since he's little. Uh, it's a song apparently all Koreans know and sing. Uh, and he was homesick making the little drummer girl and started listening to Korean oldie like playlists wow. on YouTube. And this song came up and yeah, tragic love song, someone leaving into the mist, looking at the silhouette of the person who left her behind, uh, deeply romantic, all this stuff. Does Martin Beck come in later? Uh, so Martin Beck is more attached to the former concept of the, like, can okay. I make an anti-macho cop? Gotcha. Right? You know, which, yeah, those are these Swedish... Sorry, Swedish novels. You know, eh, anyone can mispronounce words. It isn't Swedish. just a Griffin thing. <laughs> Swedish. Swedish. Horrible. <laughs> um, gross word. Uh, and, uh, you know, anyway, so yeah, th- it, that is interesting. Because I remember when this movie was announced, you were like, well, what is it? And they were like, it's like an original, you know, crime thriller. Like, yeah. But, like, I do love, like, this sort of, like, myriad influences he's sort of, like, swirling together. But you're right. I mean, it's he had done a couple adaptations in a row. Yes. And, uh, uh, taken. and with Stoker, he's like taking someone else's script or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. This is you the first Stoker? time he's completely regenerating something. Stoker kind of fucks. I, I would definitely watch Stoker. Both think yeah, it fucks. Stoker. I think Brendan hates it. It's a very divisive movie. And I shan't be watching Brendan it. Brendan has strong house. opinions. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So he smashes all these ideas together. Mm-hmm. So basically, what if Martin Beck, this Swedish police officer character, falls in love with like the lady from the mist, mm-hmm. sort of, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. that's sort of what he does. Uh so it's not quite a detective story, it's not quite a romance, it's both. Yes. You know, it's also a sort of mystery noir. Like, who can you trust? I don't know. Uh I I loved thinking about this creative process. I just think it's cool. Yeah, it does. I, I don't watching it for me the second time Uh uh-huh it did feel like uh and i i don't know if this is just my read onto it but i'm like i feel like this movie is fundamentally about like what makes you attracted to people Mm. you know like what why do you feel inexplicable connections with certain people you know and the whole like uh uh, red flags you know red flags in this one yeah but like people uh when relationships end 
if there is a, a demonstrable bad thing that happens or revelation about the other person or whatever on any scale, right? Even a small scale. Sure. I just couldn't deal with this aspect of their personality behavior. It always feels like the first thing that people in your life ask you is, did you always feel that? When did you pick up on that? When did you get a sense of this, you know? And like, I've certainly been in relationships where I'm just like, all red flags identified at the starting line. For sure. But here's this undeniable thing. Can I just play this out? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Does this outweigh that? Yeah. And when you combine that with someone who is a detective whose job is to just like kind of clinically assess things mm -hmm. and just completely reason them out and who has a relationship that seems by and large very happy and functional and normal, but there is just something about this woman and it's not just about her because it's not like she's like uh, a Catherine Trammell sort of like seductress in no. a conventional sense. But it's like there is some undeniable thing between them. And it's obviously just a thing that is also compelling about her and how she's able to live her life. Right. He says it's a, he that he says can't reason out, that he can't really explain. Her posture. At one point, he says, your posture is very upright. And I think that says some, so much about you. I'm so curious about what, because that's the, those things that like, he's like written a whole story about who she is. Right. And like, regardless of what she shows him, regardless of how often she's like at the scene of a crime, <laughs> obviously like completely the one who did it. He like has this story like protects or like he rewrites it or he like. I, his job is also of course to be observant and try to understand people's motivations uh -huh. that they would be hiding, right? And all that. And I do think that's short-circuited him slightly, right? Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Uh, and so it's partly about that experience, right? Um, There's that but, amazing um, early sequence when he's uh, uh, sleeping with his wife and he starts like... The sex they have is hilarious. Yes. Where yeah. she's just like... <laughs> anyway, yes. Go ahead. No, but like he sees the creak of your just, chair was exactly right. I think right it's so funny that. that she's smiling in this way of like, "This is great." Like you know, good Thank job, you. buddy. Appreciate yeah, it. And after yeah, she's yeah. like, "That was great. We're really good and yeah. <laughs> happy marriage." And <laughs> gotta do it. But even just yeah. the weird, right? The weird structure of their relationship being because he's a commuter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They basically right. live in different towns. It's like a once a week arrangement. Right. Sort of high five. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Make some noodles. Um, mm -hmm. No, there. I think it's the first sex scene they have together where he's looking at the mold on the wall and then yeah. it morphs into like he can't stop thinking about his case. He can't stop his brain from constantly looking for patterns, clues, connections. Mm -hmm. Then he's looking at her skeleton in her arm basically and trying to relate it to the injuries that Tong Wei has, where right. it's just like, he's he's too observant about everything. Mm -hmm. He thinks about everything too deeply, and this woman who is somewhat inscrutable is so exciting to him because he can't quite crack it. Yeah, because there's this thing about him looking at things directly. Yeah. And like he like put, puts those droppers in his eye all the time before mm -hmm. he like goes into a... a, a a crime scene or whatever like, to like really see things clearly. Get them moist. Yeah. yeah, yeah, gotta wet them up, uh, lube them up. But he like doesn't, um, something about her, and I think that I also felt this in watching her performance, there's like this smile that's always just about to break in mm -hmm. her, regardless of what they're talking about or like how earnest she's being. Yeah. There's always like this weird like, what is actually, what's actually being, what's going on? And I feel like that inability to like see her directly is is like where he gets 
totally fucked. <laughs> he is pretty much immediately totally fucked. Yeah. There's a, uh, I feel like I've already referenced this at some point in this miniseries, but it, Steven Soderbergh and uh, David Fincher did a talk together at the Tribeca Film Festival. And Soderbergh told this story about going to the edit or color correction with Fincher on one of his movies, watching him work. And he, they were like sort of watching and he was like with a laser pointer noting and he's like up there in like the top left he's like, corner. I want 25% more darkness in this right. sector of mm. the screen. Yes. Right. Or even like he was like two fifteenths darker yeah, right. or something like it's, hyper precise. Right, right. And Soderbergh was like, I walked out of the room, sat in the couch in the living room and like rubbed my temples. And I was like, I cannot imagine the curse of being able to notice that. Ah. Like, this is exactly what makes him such a good filmmaker, but it must be so constantly overstimulating to have that ability to suss out detail to that degree, which is, like, absolute what's happening to this guy, too. He kind of can't turn it off mm -hmm. at any point. Yes, he takes takes in too much or whatever. Yeah. He's been doing it for too long. And it's it, that is it tends to be a park protagonist thing. These people who feel too much, observe mm -hmm. too much, mm -hmm. feel too deeply. Their senses are all kind of heightened often. All right, so Park takes this idea that I just told you about to his co-writer, who is a woman. Uh, you know, write, she, she writes all her movies. It's just important because... Hey, I, I think that's we love that. legal, yeah, by the way. That's great. <laughs> yeah. I think that's should legal. Be, women should write movies. Yeah. No, uh, he takes it to her and sh uh, she says, no, thanks. I don't want to do this. Which is <laughs> a woman's choice. Uh, which is, we, we have to risk that. We, of course, yep. Um, she says, I said no, I didn't want to write a melodrama about an abused woman. That mm -hmm. was sort of her instant reaction to him pitching this kind of like noir romance. Uh, and she sends back some thoughts of like, I don't want to do it. And he's like, okay, well, what do you think of this? And then they start talking and then she's like, fuck, he like tricked me into writing a synopsis, <laughs> right? You know, like he's got me invested. Um, she and he immediately agreed uh, they wanted Tong Wei, mm -hmm. who's a Chinese actor, yeah. obviously, uh, Third to time star. we've covered her on the podcast. That's true. Between we've Lust covered... Caution and Black Hat. That's right. Mm -hmm. uh, Good-ass actor. She's awesome. Uh, they wanted her. They say they usually do not write with an actor in mind uh, in particular, but uh, they uh, just thought her face, they thought about her face immediately. I always feel like she's a shut box and you can't guess exactly what's inside. She is. Mm -hmm. Inscrutable uh, in a very interesting it? way right. without seeming uh, uh, deliberately elusive. No, right. she's not cold. No. She's just, right. There's a lot happening. No, it sort of looks like she's about to cry half the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, she does feel very um, empathetic or like you feel like you want to tell her stuff, right? You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Have, have you, you seen want to buy her like, really fancy sushi? Hmm? Less Caution's really good. A lot of people have not a seen bummer. it. It's yes. not a big, well-seen movie. I love movie. a bummer. Um, well, well, let me but it's a movie <laughs> about, basically, she has to seduce a man as an act of political espionage, and the whole movie hinges on, like, is she is falling in love with him? Is mm. it real? Mm -hmm. When is that moment? When can she discern, you know? So she does this. And this she, actor does right. this. And right. he mm -hmm. doesn't quite know, and she doesn't quite know. And as an audience member, you're left to decide, at any point, does this become real? Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. And it is, yeah, it's one of those performances. It's just deeply, immediately and captivating. that was pretty much her first performance, yeah. right? She was, yeah. Mm. yeah, that was her breakout. Um, so, uh, Park Hale, who is the, um, the, the cop, um, the detective, he's worked with Park before? No, maybe not, actually. He's in The Host, mm -hmm. the Bong Joon-ho movie. He's a big Korean actor. No, I guess he never had worked with Park before. Okay. 
he is also basically cast before the movie's even written. okay. You know, like mm. he is. He's writing he is, it for the two of them. Yes, he is very quickly um, brought on board. Um, he brings in these two actors as they're continuing to write, and he says, "Like, if you don't want to do it, we're going to stop writing because we've basically just started writing with you guys in mind." Wow. Mm. Um, Park had never Park Hale had never worked with Park Ten Work. They're both Park mm-hmm. uh, uh, before. Um, and thought maybe they were just going to chat. Like he was like, uh, you know, and before they ordered food, Park Network apparently just like talks for 90 minutes being like, this is the movie in my head. Like, listen, mm. like, and tells him the entire thing. And uh, he's, Park Hale says, I really needed to pee about halfway in. I, <laughs> I was so immersed in what he was saying. I didn't yeah. want to interrupt him. So I just let him talk. I've always loved Tong Wei. Uh, since less caution, so yes, he was interested. I just like that idea I of like him. the fevered pitch, and the guy's like, "I have to pee so badly. When's he gonna stop talking?" <laughs> that is the sweetest. That also just reminds me of like how he, the the human moments that he brings to this that are so I don't know something about that is like so human. The second half of the movie in particular, I feel like he really has like a sad puppy dog vibe. When yeah. you're really like, buddy, yeah. oh God, you really, no, you did it. You got away from her. But it's not, yeah. it's not like a self-pitying performance, <laughs> no, but there's, no. you're truly just like, this guy doesn't, I, is someone helping him out? Can someone else enter? <laughs> then I'm also kind of in the movie. I'm like, yeah, ride the lightning. Who cares? Your wife <laughs> is boring. Light- you ride know? the lightning is a great way to describe <laughs> like, what this movie's about. Riding um, so they park and uh, his co-writer Chung uh, do make the conscious choice let's have less violence and mm-hmm. sex than we usually put in our movies yeah. um, you know because they usually think of that as like this sort of like very you know you grab the audience right away with stuff like that and instead they were like no let's try to like get away from the sort of extreme label well I also think if you make this same movie with more sex it very quickly comes becomes a, a Joe Esterhouse movie right like sure. we've it's, seen it, the it version of early this 90s erotic thriller where right? the yeah, seduction yeah, yeah. is more physical than mental mm-hmm. and is graphically displayed on screen and it just it'll just shift into that also like as soon as they have sex it sort of destroys yeah. the thing yes totally because then right no totally um but the uh, other thing they really wanted to use was um, cell phones, which like movies are scared of. I- I'm scared of them in movies. And I'm in always real like, life. Yeah, I don't like Too them powerful. at all. Throw them away. Yeah. <laughs> um, I loved the texting yes, in this movie. And I will never say that about anything else because it's like it's done so beautifully. It's not even like I, I don't even think he has made casting uh, uh, texting more cinematic than other people as much as he found a way to make it more dramatic. Right. Yeah, totally. Apparently he was basically like, look, I'm writing classical, right? He kept trying to not have cell phones. Because right. he's like, this is supposed to be a swoony throwback noir, right? And, and, and then he's yeah. like, I can't get rid of cell phones, so if I'm going to have them, you I'm going to lean all them. the way into them. Right. And I'm going to have yeah. this like real drama playing out in text messaging, in like whatever, just the minutia of well, using Well, that's a where phone. the language divide is right. such a gift for him. But there's, there's that's been where so the much translating app comes talk from. about this recently where someone basically pinpointed like, oh, kind of like the six major auteur filmmakers have not made a movie set in present day in 15 years. Mm-hmm. Like they just tracked like Wes Anderson. A lot of them haven't. Right, PTA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like all right. these guys Tarantino, yeah, yeah have a lot just of the moved away. Shots, sure. And and admittedly, uh, they're like, I just don't know how to tell a story in a world where smartphones exist. Yes. And Soderbergh is one of the few guys who like head straight into it 
And it's like, you got to make movies about now. You have to find a way to work this into the language, you know? Well, I feel like in this one, it actually like amps up how much, how sort of emotionally immature the, like they're texting Mm -hmm. when they're texting about like the grand, the granny that she can't go see. And he's like, do you want me to go? And she's like, really? And it's like, I don't know. It just sounds, it sounds like when you're first like dating someone or like interested in someone, it has such an, a kind of embarrassing childlike quality to it. Text flirting is such a specific thing where you're trying to read energy and intent yeah. in what is a very flat, sterile, cold thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and the things you do to performatively try to relay intent can feel disingenuous or fake. It's like a dishonest way of communicating for how emotional it has become for most of us. And and even just the weird, the rhythms of it, the waiting, all that sort of shit. But there is that thing of like, if you're text flirting with someone, I feel like you are visualizing what are they doing right. Yeah. Well, In a way you don't if you're like texting the someone. Dots. The dots. The dots. The dots. dots. Those that I mean there's so much well, like drama and yes. weight to just watching someone. Well, and also the rhythm of like, how much do I say before they say something back? Yeah. Oh, they're typing. Oh, I can't talk. Like, or I start to say something. Oh, wait, they just sent in two more messages that totally negates what I was about to say. Yeah, that is all like playing out in this really well. Yeah, and the film. the dots like go over his face. There's like a point of view from yeah. the phone of the dots on his face, and you realize like how much like that it takes up more of the frame than his face does. It's just like what the import of those is. Park Chenwick. Um, yeah, he says, uh, yes, I like Alfred Hitchcock, <laughs> but honestly, I wasn't thinking of Vertigo. <laughs> He's a director. Uh, coming up on the podcast. Blank check with Griffin and David. Podcast about filmography. He says, <laughs> I think everyone basically is interviewing him being like, is this like a Vertigo thing? Are you doing Vertigo? Uh, sure. Vertigo? Oh, vertigo? Yes. And he's like, yeah, sure. I love Vertigo. Yeah. But no, that wasn't my conscious, like, influence here yeah he says brief encounter the david lean film hmm. uh is more what he's thinking of in terms of vibe like yeah romantic vibe mm-hmm. uh you know is weirdly more brief encounter a little bit of that, yeah sure and then again of course this song uh that is so mm-hmm. crucial to him uh and then read the ending um because this movie has kind of an iconic ending uh-huh. he says i have been trying to put that as the end of a movie for so yeah. for like 30 years uh, and I finally figured out how to do it. Um, like a person being like, I'm not just going to commit suicide. I'm going to put a hole in the earth and put a lid on it and you will never see me again. I will evaporate. <laughs> like that idea of complete kind of like closed loop. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so he sort of, he was, he thought about putting an epilogue on the film where you see uh, the detective again as this sort of like shell of a person and he was like no 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 like we'll just end it right there yeah he's shelled out on that beach uh yeah yeah you think he just kind of is like all right i'll sun myself after a while it's like i guess she's gone maybe i'll dip that's my favorite kind of ending though is just what the fuck is this character gonna do with the rest of their life <laughs> yeah. oh god what now you know they yes. move on past right. this i don't want to see it but i'm never gonna stop thinking about what is this guy how is he feeling a month from now you know um, right. So, uh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Let's talk about the plot of the movie. Guy falls off a mountain. Go. Go? <laughs> go. Yeah, go. Okay, hit me. Point of view from dead man's eyes. 
a couple yeah. times we see like weird dead people's point of view of like ants crawling on eyeballs, which is an what, what, what the heck? I very what's going on? Yeah. Work. You yeah. don't is like it? that? I, I, no, I'm just saying I personally don't like when ants crawl on my eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> I like in the movie. That's Wait, good technique. You yeah. say you don't like POVs? No, this was another person I was talking okay. to. No, but you were around. You were standing nearby. Okay. Do you like POVs? Yeah, when used well, I think, I mean, once again, it's like Park is such a uh, uh, sensual filmmaker and and sense-based filmmaker mm -hmm. that I do think when he's doing POV shots, it's for a real reason. In the running, the POV shots? Yes. It's like on their show. I don't even know how they shot it, but it's like on their back. He is also the king of, I don't know how they did this shot. Like yeah. he every, yeah. five, every one of his movies has like five shots where you're like, I can maybe game out how you did this, but it's too complicated to imagine. Yeah. Or you're doing visual effects, which this movie has a lot of, that are so seamless and subtle, like, yeah. you know, that I'm not even thinking about them until the camera fucking goes through a wall or something. And then you're like, oh, I guess Jesus. Like, I, I read a thing he said that he, like, deliberately um, tried to do many of the text sequences from the POV of the phone. Mm-hmm. Which he okay. doesn't do in like I feel like sometimes like, so people you're seeing do like it. someone's dumb face like with like illuminated. <laughs> yeah, right. but yeah, but also like... it's just like right because for that it is sort of like it's a shot reverse shot. Yeah, it's a conversation. Sure, you know you need to read their faces. Yeah. It's just this one device in between the two of them, basically. It's the same. He does the same with the phone when he, when he's on the stakeout, and then suddenly he's like inside of her house, and her voice yes. is over the phone. But he's in the room with her. Right. And right. it's like he's so invaded, he's so inside of her space. But also that's how he has to think about everything. Like being with like with as a detective. Uh -huh. He's a creep. Right. He's he's invading. So right. It's that Yeah, it's a little pervy. It's a little yeah. pervy. I mean, he's getting his rocks off on it, but you also just imagine I imagine at least that's his basic technique of like someone's telling you a story, you place yourself Yes. In it, right, right. You run right. through the simulation in your head, and you're you go, "Does this like, make does sense? This, is this plausible?" Right, or, right, right. Because a guy has fallen off of a mountain that he climbed on. Correct. He and was an immigration officer. Right, uh, and his wife was a Chinese immigrant. Right. She's got scratches in the back of her hand. Right. They later discover she also has bruises in several parts of her body. Right. And a pretty odd tattoo. Yes, oh, uh, yeah. with his initials. Yes, which he also stamped on everything he owned. Yes, um, a real yes. kind of branding property right. sort of vibe, creepiness. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, if you're a detective, you probably are like, she pushed him off the dang mountain, right? Seems kind of open and shut. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Movie over. <laughs> <laughs> and um. You know, I'm seeing this film. I haven't seen a Park Chan Wook film since The Handmaiden, mm -hmm. which blew my mind. Well, none of us had. By the way, don't fucking make yeah. it sound like that. You were special well, in that regard. And I, I'm <laughs> sitting at the IFC Center at my press screening, and I'm rubbing my hands together. I'm like, great, a mystery. And we got that early shot of him and his uh, sidekick mm -hmm. climbing up the mountain horizontal. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, Doing like the fucking Adam West Batman shot. Yes. Yes. Like, yes. On this like Funny. winch. Yeah. And the yeah. guy's like, why have, why are we not going up the road? Like yes. in a car. Yes. Mm -hmm. And he's like, this is how the body went yes. the other way. But you know, I think like that's his notion of like, we have to, we should follow the yeah. body. Now right? be my like, human backpack. Back up. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. extra right. funny that it's, they're doing it in tandem. Yes. yes. And yeah. the one guy is strapped to the other guy. Yes. <laughs> like if you asked Dangling me to do on. that, I would resign my commission from the fucking like <laughs> Busan police. I'd yes. be like, no, I will not do that. <laughs> 
Um, that's but when I really started to love this movie. That's the thing with Park this is, is like, like so funny. Ten minutes into his movies, you're like, yeah, I'm ready for a mystery. Sure, who did it? Yeah, you know who's it going to be? Not the wife, I guess. Red herring. And then he's like, okay, these guys are climbing up a mountain, and I'm like, I've never seen anything like this <laughs> yes. before. Yeah. What are you right. Doing? Right. <laughs> the fuck is this? That is the most quietly bizarre human behavior I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. And it will happen ten times in each of his films. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so they start staking her out mm-hmm. and he falls in love with her. And he likes what he sees. He likes what he sees. Yeah. Um, but you're also sort of getting the idea that he is a deeply odd individual himself. He has this marriage uh that seems kind of loving, but also biz- you know, bizarre. They're like 16 years in. And yeah. they're, they're kind of like, marriage's still going good, huh? Right? Yeah. What's your name again? Like, right? Like yeah. they kind of have this vibe of like. Yes. I don't know. This is a marriage, right? What we do, where we sort of see each other sometimes. It feels like, like, I'm sure we've all had this thing, but when you have, like, friends who have a roommate who spends half the week working in a different city, and you're like, what's your roommate like? And you're like, I talk to him two days a week, but he's cool. (laughs) You know, just kind of in and out. But then they have sex as well. I just think it's such a good choice to not have it be like it is like a horrible, loveless, Right, like they've got nothing for each other anymore. No, they're, like, kind of good friends. They're kind of good pals, but then he's like, all right, back to my city apartment where I have, like, pictures of murder everywhere. Yes. <laughs> while I make my noodles. Like, I'm just... There's so that like, moment where mm. she scolds him. of like, none of the fucking murder pictures here. <laughs> right. That's city shit. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Um, so there's that. He's got that marriage. He's got his weird murder apartment. Um, <laughs> and he starts buying Tang Wei fancy uh, sushi. Uh-huh. When he interviews her, which looks really good. I mean, the food in this movie, the the like movement from like sushi to corn dog, is such a nice. Little yeah, see, that's I'm not a sushi guy, but when that corn dog came on screen, <laughs> I went, "Oh boy!" Do you not like sushi? my tie. I don't like the sushi. Yeah, no, no. never. I'm not a I'm not a seafood it's like guy. Listening, not a seafood mm. guy. Do you mm. like sushi? Oh yeah, and yeah. this sushi specifically, I was like. I just, I'm gonna murder somebody. I, looks, I, I just like beautiful. when he it's brings so it in. And I'm gonna like, murder Wait. somebody for that sushi. You know there are other ways to get sushi. Right? I don't know. Not this kind of sushi. You know the cops are like, oh, he got like the good sushi. He got yeah. like the thirty-five dollars sushi, not the like you know fourteen dollars. Right? He got yeah. like the, the good stuff. I, I do this for all my murder suspects. <laughs> um. Uh, so yes, he starts having these exquisite meals with her while mm-hmm. he's also just trying to figure out her deal. Yes. And uh, what else is going on with her? She's a caretaker to an old woman. Uh-huh. Um, She's got an airtight alibi they find out pretty quickly right. because of the old woman, because of the schedule. Yeah. She was there. Um, uh, yeah, she was she was caretaking. Yes. Um, what else is going on? And she uh, says the woman is her grandmother. Right. Yes. Uh, there's another case they're trying to solve because the whole thing with the chainmail glove, which is yeah. also early, oh, which is also another. So Ben has had a tab open thing. from basically the moment the episode started. <laughs> He's been uh, looking up different chainmail gloves on Amazon. That's correct. Oh wow! I didn't know about this. Did you guys know no. about this? No. no. So there's a whole. There's tons of these products. It's it's what so you, that I'm you sorry, don't. What do you mean by yourself? these products? Chainmail gloves. Okay. So it's for like madeleining. Yes. Yes. Uh, Matt, like, right? Yes. Like when Good you're call. cutting those, th- right? That's oh, sure. shucking oysters. Uh-huh. Right. Um, let's see. Any uh, kind of meat processing. That makes sense. They're slicing like fish fine. Uh-huh. Right, with this super particular sharp product that I sent a link to you guys. Uh, Do you think I need a it shows uh, someone handling a chainsaw? Yeah. And, and holding it by the blade. Wow. Yeah. 
Yikes. It's the Amazon listening. I'm sorry, what were the, those three sounds? Could you repeat? I Can think we spell you those know wouch, those wouch, wouldch, yikes. <laughs> I heard them. I heard them. But don't you agree? I yeah, do no, agree. I also feel like I have to measure my palm. I'm just wondering if I need an XL palm. or a double XL. I got I got kind of regular sized hands, I think. You should probably go bigger than smaller. Smaller it's would yeah. be chain mail. It's not going to give. <laughs> no. no, there's no. Are there child sized chainmail gloves? You got a two X small. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know how dainty you want to go. I'm pretty. Apparently, the actor like sort of talks to a couple friends of his who are policemen. Right? You know, okay. he's like, I'm playing a cop. You know. And uh, one retired cop is like, I have, you know what I've got? I got a chainmail glove. Oh, no way. Because uh, it's so specific. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, when he's chasing this guy, which is this is sort of an unrelated case. Yes. This, this, yeah. scene, this scene, right? This big chase. Mm -hmm. They get to a rooftop. The guy produces a knife. And instead of like drawing a gun or sure. I think maybe they don't have guns in Korea that much. There's one gun that the other, his partner has. Doesn't he have a? That's and they shoot true. guns off the top. The first. Right, Roman they're at the shooting, shooting gallery. They do. Yeah, yeah so cops have guns. But I think South Korea has incredibly strict gun sure. control generally. So and it's more, so I guess, more common for a guy to produce a knife. He just very slowly and deliberately he's like, All right, takes out and applies a chainmail glove. And he's like, well, I guess it's the classic battle of hand versus knife. <laughs> yeah, so I can just grab the blade. Yeah. Like, but it's also on the heels of my favorite chase scene I've ever seen in my entire life, which is like up those stairs. And it's so exhausting. And yeah. it's so slow. Yes. yes. And nothing about it is suspenseful. And yet it's like brilliantly suspenseful. Yeah. And it, what's funny is like the moment of him having to take out the glove and put it on could be sold as like this like slow sort of stare down intimidation <laughs> thing. Right. But it's basically he has the time to do it because they're both so winded. They're both panting. Okay. Right. I got a knife. The perp pulling the knife is him kind of saying like, so just... Give me like 90 seconds to catch up <laughs> now that you know the knife's in play. That's so good. Um, but yes, I agree. I love that the chase sequence is trying to be realistic. It's trying to be like, yeah, yeah this so would clumsy. You yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, I personally would wear a chainmail vest. Yeah. I don't think I would have enough faith in myself that I could catch knife with hand no, uh, before it touched other bodies. Why not go full suit of armor? That is what all cops should be wearing at all times. <laughs> yeah. While running up stairs. Yes. Well, no, on horseback. Of yeah, yeah, sure, sure. yeah, lance in hand. <laughs> some other things. Mm. Uh, wait, actually, some other details I want to talk about. Uh, he has in, uh, in, um, so many pockets. Oh, um, yeah. And uh, this is, again, apparently a park idea, like he, the, the sort of wet wipe detective idea. Uh -huh. Like he would be filled with little things, you know, like a walking vending machine of a man who's like, because he's like, I can plan for anything, right? Sure. Like it's his concept. Ben, are you sending me more chainmail notes? Oh, okay. Ben, uh, now it's a vest. Ben I found a chainmail vest. vest. How much does that cost? It's it's a oh. hundred bucks. dollars. <gasps> that know guy what? looks ready to go. <laughs> you know what? What? <laughs> That's not a bad price for a chainmail vest. Hundred and what? Well, the shipping though, you know, because it could be kind of so heavy. heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Very heavy. Yeah. Um, but David, I think you should get it. Yeah. I think it would be a good look for you. The chainmail met my expectations. That's what one review says from Mr. Hans. <laughs> what were your expectations? I don't though? know. That's what we need to specify. Here's the guy wearing it on the subway. I don't know how I would feel about that. It's a, the the model in the listing Ben posted is very much in a fighting stance. Yeah. Um. Uh. So yes, Park. Uh. 
yeah, just like the idea of this guy being filled with pockets. Mm-hmm. And of course, yes, there's a Jamal glove in his pocket. Uh, the, the eye drops as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, him trying to see the world more clearly. Um, that's very crucial. Brendan said an interesting thing about the pockets. He said that his wife is always struggling to find something in his pockets, mm-hmm. whereas his mistress... She always knows she where always everything knows is. Where everything mm-hmm. is. She understands him on some inherent level. Yeah. Or she's just studied the pockets. Yeah. That's po- well, that's the, th- that's the yeah. mind fuck of knowing yes. this woman. The yes. whole time you're like, wait, are you in love with me? Or are you just like... You're just the a most pocket. Really focused on my pockets. Yeah. I mean, there is the tweet, there's a tweet that I have re- repeated, which is this, that like someone was like, I love that movie. It was about a lady is so hot that a detective forgets how to do his job. <laughs> Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, because, yes, I think what I loved about the movie the first time I watched it is I was like, I am going to watch a movie about a man who is sort of, you know, I, we like detectives because yeah. we like that they can fix things, right? You know, the whole myth of, like, policing on screen, right? You know, they're going to come in and they're going to, like, untangle the confusing they stuff. Make, they make sense of, of the chaos. Right, and this is right. a weird, strange murder case, and he'll figure it out. And instead, like, he only baffles himself more the more he tries to figure right. things out. He, because he, he adds so more complications. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and uh, what he realizes about her uh, is that, um, well, a bunch of things. One, she killed her mother, oh, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, a sort of... Um, you know, uh, an ethical, you know, that's thrown out by one of his mother. colleagues as like, look, there's a pattern. And then right. she basically immediately fesses up to like, these were the circumstances. Her mother was ill. Might have been the original to decision to leave. Mm-hmm. Right. Ultimately. Right. 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 Um, exciting. Before, and then her mother told her to like climb a mountain. Mm-hmm. Right. Because she's had some attachment to Korea and she was like, I want you to climb this mountain. Uh, like that, like there's all these like little dangling it, things. Her family's mountain, right? Or something? But that, yeah. that's yeah. a find out later. Like her right. grandfather yes. or something. Right. There's yeah. this, there's this possible sense of ownership of this mountain to some degree. Um. Yeah. But she doesn't like mountains. She says something about mountains are, bum 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 bum. What does she say? She says the ocean is for blank people and mountains are for blank people. Yes. I don't remember what the descriptors uh, are, but I it's like the benevolent. Better for this. Yeah. Is the quote page not very good? No. I was hoping it might be better. Me too. Um, oh, yeah, there's nothing. Um, but I'm Chinese. My Korean is insufficient. Great, great quote. Um, <laughs> it's just Griffin's. Yeah, it's also true about <laughs> Um, But she does whatever. He, like, she's officially ruled. It is officially ruled a suicide, this death. Yeah. And then he their, their relationship continues. Because it's only after that that he figures out that she did it. Right. Yes. Correct. Yes. The case is closed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he he figured out that she did it because if there's a cell phone that she gave the old lady that said she climbed 138 <laughs> flights. I just think it's so funny. Yes. It's great. Just like ah oh, zero zero zero. Yeah, and didn't really climb a lot of flights. And then right. there was that one day, the murder day. You, <laughs> uh, you climbed like kind of like a mountain of stairs. It's weird. And then she also realizes that he realizes rather that that is not her grandmother. No. And that the woman doesn't know what day it is. So the right. alibi is meaningless. Right. Mm-hmm. She doesn't yes. know anything. And right. she, she can barely tell people apart or whatever. Right. Yes. But she loves the mist. She loves that song. She does love that song. I, movies like this that are like uh, fundamentally about can you trust this person or not? Right. Looking at close ups of actors delivering lines and placing yourself in the head of the person who is having to make the judgment calls. I always find so interesting because world's most basic ass thought, all acting is lying, right? 
And good acting basically boils down to how convincing of a liar is someone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And like it, it, method acting, this term that is thrown around so much and that often is misconstrued and, and most people practice it or not actually really connected the idea of what it was at the beginning. And are doofuses. And are doofuses. Right. Is, was mostly just this idea of like, can we create a method to make it feel like we are lying less? Right? right. To some degree, to one degree or another, not you have to convince yourself you are this person. Mm-hmm. But how do you bring the lie closer to yourself so the truth is more on the surface? But it does still all come down to how well can you lie? Are you are you lying convincingly because you're making it close to something that's the truth? Do you just know how to perform the truth? What is all of this? And so often in noir movies like this, someone is playing uh, uh, unreadable. Like, that is the aggressive vibe they are putting out there, right? Whereas I feel like Tang Wei, to a certain degree, is playing honest. I don't think she is playing suppressing a lie. No, not, well, no. But it's hard to know. It's hard to know, but it doesn't read that way. Like, she's not sort of playing mysterious. No, she's playing like I have an inner life that I haven't totally given you all of the information about yet. You understand that she's not. There's stuff she's holding back. Which she I, is also a genuinely wounded woman. Like, she yeah. is the victim of abuse. Right. She is somewhat justified in pushing this sort of dorky husband off a mountain. Yeah. Just a hilarious way for him to die. I mean, yeah. you know. He's got a whole yeah. YouTube channel about it. Right. Yeah. But there's that moment where you see it. You know, him going like, boing, boing, boing. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're kind of like, kind of rock. The boing <laughs> noise was really, I feel like, <laughs> maybe not necessary. <laughs> He does like a like a end of RoboCop Dick Jones fall, yes. basically, yes. yeah, a full tip it stop motion fall. Um, but it's just I feel like it's just more important. It's not that it's not like who did it or why it even happened. It doesn't right. really matter. You can figure that out immediately. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's that like him actually convincing himself that she didn't do it and then realizing she did it completely <laughs> ruins his brain. Sure. Yeah. He's just like, everything I've like built this brain to be is no longer functional. Yes. Mm-hmm. If I can't figure that out. Like, if yeah. I fuck this up. If I can't trust my instincts right. in my job that I've honed so sharply. It's well, like he's a no a chef who can't smell things anymore. Right. Right? He's just like, I'm broken. I, I don't right. have a mm-hmm. palate anymore. He says uh, I'm shattered. A palate for crime. Okay. Wait a second. I have a great idea for a TV show. A palate for crime. <laughs> Man smells crime. Uh, You did Perry Mason for HBO. Yeah. When you're on a thing like that where you understand, like, uh, because I I think think one of your many uh, uh, strong suits as an actor is that you're making a face like you hate that I'm about to say anything (laughs) complimentary. I am not. Um, You you are very good at, like, knowing what project you're in. Mm. And matching the tone and the style of the thing you were in. Because I, I think you have a, a tremendous amount of, like, uh, 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 genre tone range. Mm. Thank you. Um, but, but something like that where you understand, like, an audience is watching this as a mystery. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is the way it needs to operate. Yes. Are you trying to play with an awareness of the genre you're in? Or are you just thinking about, like, playing the character as written? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I feel like when the writing is really good, it sort of evokes something, regardless of whether you, like, put on top of it the idea of a genre. Yeah. It sort of, if you allow it to, like, move you in a certain way, yeah. it sort of, like, elicits the, I'm sure you feel that way, too. Like, writing will, like, open up a certain 
delivery or a certain space or like a quietness or whatever. What's why the hardest thing to do is to act bad writing. Oh, like, yeah. When a script is really good, even if it's complicated, you're like, well, it's just it makes sense. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, and, and now if what is the bad effort. writing you guys have acted? And if you could just sort yeah, of we'll go through the IMDb. Um, yeah. 90, 90. Yeah. 8.9%. I mean, come on. Been some good stuff. Well. Yeah, but like, on. is that when, does it, uh, this is my question, I guess. Do you really just try to like trust the instincts of like, if this is well written enough, I can just play this as it is uh, and and just invest in it emotionally and honestly? Or working on, like, that show in particular, are you like, I know an audience is going to be reading every scene I'm doing trying to figure out whether or not I'm on the level. Mm. And do I need to play with that, like a game, sort of? I think of? sometimes sometimes you do. Sometimes yeah. I do. But I also just try to play the honesty, the truth of that moment. And I think we were sort of saying this about Tang Wei, too. Right. Like, she's not, like, she. she's one of those actors, and I don't feel like I'm this, but I really revere and also I'm jealous of like especially women who can do so little and you're like <gasps> like you like you could watch them forever yes because their face and their just like presence is compelling enough that you and i think this is also what this character would hit would um the detective does is like project onto her yeah a lot yeah. right and like she is sort of this like wonderfully open actor who also has all of this shit going on so that you can project a lot onto her and that's sort of the like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the thing they set up early. She she like laughs inappropriately early yeah. in the movie. And then she says like, I'm sorry, I sort of like laugh as a nervous response when I don't feel comfortable with my Korean. Mm -hmm. And it's the opposite of what you expect someone to do in a movie like this, where it's like, oh, their give is something that makes them seem more dangerous. Right. Rather than something that deflates the stakes of the situation. Yes. It's so disarming where it does feel like her performance is kind of playing against the genre. Of the thing. Totally. Like, I don't... But I don't, what's weird is that she's not acting like a femme fatale. No, and I, I generally don't enjoy those performances. Like, I'm kind of like... Well, I don't know. It feels like an idea of a woman that mm -hmm. is just, like, serving a purpose mm -hmm. um, to the men's story. But this one feels like she has, like, a whole other thing going on that we're not privy to. And, like, a whole, like... Yeah, like a life that isn't just, like... Uh, like yeah, yeah. Right. You know she's I mean? not just as a man perceives her would like throughout the movie or whatever right like that's the boring version of this it's no, just she's like sort of right. like tells him who she is in in a lot of ways right but and he's like, he's, like he's like no you're actually the like yeah yeah like he's the conflict like, between what he wants to think she is and what she's actually right and he wants her to probably be more hard she's easier to handle as like oh a, a wronged wife who got her revenge it's like great that's a that's a story right, I tell as a cop all the time. Like, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. It does feel like pretty early on, he's like, if she did this, she must have done it for reasons. Mm -hmm. Right. And not motive, right? But like, it feels like this must have been somewhat justified, mm -hmm. even if I don't condone it as actions. It does, it feels like pretty quickly he rules out the idea of like, is she some like psychopath? Black Widow, whatever. Right, master right. manipulator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, there's some larger thing going on here or she is on the level. Mm -hmm. Right. Where are we in the plot now? Well, 13 months later, right, uh, right. he, yeah. uh, broken as a detective, has yes. decided to move in with his wife. 
which is a decision a lot of married couples make to move in together. Not the decision to leave, decision to stay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Become a wife But guy. he makes the decision to leave her. He's like, yes. I cannot be around you. Right. Like, you clearly are throwing And he, like, starts a off. YouTube channel and a podcast and writes a cookbook that's all <laughs> just about how much he loves his wife. Uh, yeah, he's gone crazy, Yeah, I would say. He's living with her in Ipo, right? Mm-hmm. This sort of seaside town. Yeah. Uh, away from the big city, because mo- the the, most of them set in Busan, which mm-hmm. is the second biggest city in Korea, South Korea. Um, and uh, he's depressed and he's not sleeping. And then one day at the fish market, who does he meet? Yep. But Tong Wei new and her new husband. Oh, yeah. Um, a real uh, fool. Yes. I mean, instant moron, right? right? Yeah. Like you're one of these guys who are like, oh, Jesus. Like, what is this twerp? I can't believe we forgot to mention because it is set up earlier. I mean, this is when he's like, it's really hitting him hard after the time jump. But th- this movie is in the detective dormer canon of sleepy cops who can't go to sleep. Oh, yeah, he can't sleep. Yeah. Uh, yes, the film Insomnia is what, is what Griffin is referencing. The Christopher oh, Nolan Have film. you ever seen Insomnia? No. Uh, in which Al Pacino is in oh, Alaska. I actually have seen yes. Insomnia. Yeah. 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 And it's just, uh, I think it was shot in Canada. Yes. It was yeah, shot yeah, yeah. in Canada. Yeah. That is right. But they, it's they all, didn't bother to go to Alaska. It's all Pacino just going, like, I, I, I got to take a nap. Well, speaking of method acting, I think he was like, I'm not sleeping. Yeah. I think he didn't sleep. Yeah. It also feels he, like he reads tired in the movie. And not, <laughs> not in a bad way, but he's good. Yeah. I, I would not be surprised if Pacino did an interview tomorrow and said, like, I, I haven't slept since 2001. <laughs> you know? Still insomnia. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They filmed it in uh, British Columbia, uh, Stewart, British Columbia. Did you audition for that? No, but I. That would have been I, a little. I was a little young. Yeah. I was a little young. But I didn't, David, I had never put this together that you are the victim in. Eastern Promises. I am. Oh, you, I, mean, I, to, I thought you were saying that to me, and I was like, I'm not. No. We were, d- watching, a, we were watching the game the other night. Yeah. And Brent was like, oh, that's your rapist. And I was like, what? He's like, from Eastern Promises. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, he's in the he's game? He's in the game. Wait, who is it? Uh, What's his fuck. name? He's like that. Um, he's a great actor. But yeah. Because you're mostly dead I'm, in that movie. I'm only dead in that right, movie. Right. I'm, Are you I'm seen a diary. Is, no, I'm just you're like a just voice. You're just a voice, over. right? I'm a yeah. Russian yeah. And my name is Tatiana. How, That's why I got the, the pain. <laughs> oh, yeah? Like, no one can say that their name is that convincingly unless it's true. Right. right. That's what we're talking uh, about. Armin yeah. Muller. Arm, Arm yeah, yeah, yeah. Muller style. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. Uh, right. Spoiler yes. alert for Eastern Promises. You know, right. good. And the game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and also any movie he's ever in. God bless him. But yeah. that actor plays villain. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, that's like one of your first credits, though, right? Or uh, movie credits. Yeah. I don't know. First movie credits, for sure. Yeah. It was very, right. it was very fun. I know that you're in Ginger Snaps, too. You do? Yes. I don't remember why I know that. I've only I have first. seen Ginger Snaps. I've the seen Ginger Snaps one, one many times. a real squeakle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> you guys turned into chipmunks? We did. Were monks? <laughs> We're monks. We're monks. They're monks. Like... It's a metaphor for womanhood. You know, you turn into a chipmunk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, wait, how did this come up? Oh, yeah, you were pointing at me saying I was uh, the victim in Eastern Promises, and I wasn't. I was just the victim of enjoying that movie. Yeah, <laughs> guilty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That You're was... actually the perpetrator. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm having a great time. <laughs> God, I love that movie. That rules. movie rules. Yeah. That movie rules. That movie has some similarly, like, very, very human fight sequences yes. where your, yes. like, skin Clumsy is and, yes. going to be actually, pure. like, 
yeah. actual piercing well, skin. Right. Vigo yeah. probably could have done with a chainmail glove, and he might have. They, they're coming at him with like carpet knives. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can think of another place he put the chainmail if I was looking after it. Yeah. I think his dick Just survives in Eastern provinces. Yeah, I wouldn't roll the dice <laughs> no, on that. No, no, <laughs> Fight's about wanna, to break out. I go, right. excuse me one second. If you had to pick one place for chainmail to be put, yeah. if you were totally nude, is that what it would be? Yeah. Yeah. No. I, eyes. I, I want my eyes. I don't know. Don't get my eyes. You love your eyes. Oh, you want uh, chainmail goggles? Are so- yeah, there you go. Sure. <laughs> Just want to be able to see. Yeah. You know, yeah, no, you're right. A, a, a trite <laughs> desire yeah. of mine, <laughs> foolish thing to as, as a film fan, sure. Um, so okay, so he runs into her. Uh, classic. I love this anytime in a movie where the dynamic is he's losing his mind, mm-hmm. and his wife is sort of like, "Isn't this? Uh, I feel like I've seen this girl's picture. Like this is uh, one of your cases yeah, or yeah. something." You know, she and you're you're you as the viewer are trying to parse like how much does the wife know that he's melting down right now? Right, yeah. she's back. Yeah. Right. Like that. He like this ghost has come to haunt him. Yeah. She also just pressed all the eyes of the fish. I'm just realizing mm-hmm. when we're talking about eyes, mm. seeing things clearly. Movie, right. Right. She like squishes all the eyes of the fish to see which one's fresh. Something about that, right? Eyeballs, guys. Eyeballs. Then, if I work at <laughs> fish market, I'm like, stop squishing my yeah. fish eyes. Yeah. It's just like slowly get, throughout the day, those That's eyes my job. just. <laughs> um. No, but but yeah. Not only like in the same way, I love that the marriage is not lifeless, joyless, right? I love that the wife is not just, like, unbearably suspicious and jealous. No, the only no. thing she's stressed about is him smoking. Yeah, right, that's the nightmare. It's a yeah. habit. Yeah. Yeah. What's the, there's the bit where he uh, comes in from outside, uh-huh. and he's wearing just a parka, mm-hmm. shirtless, over boxers. Sure. Yeah. And he clearly has been smoking. And she asked him why he would have gone outside, and he has some line about, like, men like me need the mist of the air. Fucking mist again. Yeah. Yeah. I do love, I, w- I would love to, I, I kind of like the look of where they move. I like that seaside vibe. Yeah. Go to the fish market all the time. For sure. It's good for you. Well, and they say, what Park Chan Wook said that it was like, he couldn't set the whole movie in this misty right. city, because it would be too boring, he said. Mm. So that's why they, the, in the second half, we go into the mist. Okay, that makes sense. Right, yeah. right. Um, and, and also, right, our, our man now has, like, full-on sleep apnea, has been outfitted for a mask. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, he can't sleep. No. There's also that thing about sun. She, he says something about, like, um, sunbathing for half an hour a day and not closing your eyes, yeah. which is, again, eyeballs, guys. <laughs> yeah. But it's a weird, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's all these, like, um, natural remedies for, like, what he... There's something about his virility and, like, snapping turtles, right? Sure, yes. Uh, you know. Well, that's another case that's happening. Right. That, and they're trying to show how normally there's not murder. It's, you know, they're investigating uh, soft-shell turtles that right. got right. Right. stolen. I, right, they got dropped on the road or whatever. Yes. Um, but those are supposed to help with men, older men's for testosterone. Yeah. Turtle power. Morality. Morality. Turtle power. Turtle power. That's what you're Wait, that's yeah. he wants to raise some shell. Like, is that a thing? I understand that in many cultures they're like, Yeah, you gotta eat like a tiger's paw to get your you know boner back or whatever. Sure. But it's like, are there people who are like, I did it, it worked. 
You know, like, you know, like, I don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah. Before yeah. I ate that fucking tiger, like, it was, it was yeah. just. Um, yeah. There's City a, over a here. What? giant fucking market for all this kind of stuff. But I'm like, is yeah. it just like people Particularly telling people. Particularly uh, sold on podcasts these days, <laughs> fortunately. Now, wait a second. Those Not are all us. above board. Not Today's us. Today's is. <laughs> But uh, Tiger Tatiana, we have hawked boner pills on this show so much. You've hawked them? Hawked them. Hawked and we, we've hawked them. Do you guys have to try the things you hawk? They were always explicit that we did not have to try the boner yeah. pills. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, usually you do have to try. Right. Um, but uh, we eventually stopped. But so many, so many ad reads. Yeah, I feel like there was so a, many like you know, whoop, you know. I don't even know how much I hear them anymore, period. It did feel like there yeah, were like sort of a five boom. years of podcasts. The podcast industry solely being financed by boners yeah. <laughs> or lack thereof. Yes, right. Yeah. Right, right, right. But now they're back. They're back, baby. Yeah, they're boners are just back. <laughs> boners right? are America back. is just at attention. Can I say boners yes. are having the best week ever. <laughs> um Hot Boner Summer 2023. Yeah. Look, yes. He has been mentally cucked by life. Yes. yes. He is in a ruined state yes. still. She comes back one day into him seeing her. Her yeah. husband is dead. It's the fucking same thing is happening <laughs> yes. again. He's died in a very dramatic manner, this time in a pool. Yeah. The water's been drained. This guy is like a lot too yeah. from the first meeting. Like he's just uh, coming on too strong, laughs too hard, makes too many Stop jokes. guy, right? Yeah. Wears a fucking Oswald Cobblepot coat. He's just a lot of dude. Yeah. He's a dork. Yeah. Now, um, didn't we see her get beat up before any of this plays by out? Slappy. By Slappy. Yes, yes. Don't we? Because the timeline is kind of mixed yes. up right throughout. Am I wrong in no, that? Right. Well, so, and then she takes her wig off and she's just like, that was the agreed upon amount of time. Right. right. But I'm saying this takes place before her now new husband gets murdered. Correct. Right. So, because we're basically right. like, what is going on? Thank and right. We I'm truly glad. have no idea. Because no, that was the thing. Sorry. Yes. We missed this. Sla the Slappy was asking Slappy. her. And he's not, to, to be clear, the ventriloquist dummy from Goosebumps. Right. Oh. But that Slappy's grandmother is the one he's, yeah, take, he's she's taking care of. Right. Yes. Um, and his mother invested life, her life savings in the fucking you know, husband, right? Yes. And he lost all the money, and so Slappy becomes, like, a potential killer. Yes. Right? He is a suspect. Mm -hmm. um, his, right? His character origin story is funny, too, though. Go and on. he's like, I just slap. I slap, I slap, I slap. I don't... Something like... You can't help but slap. Yeah. I mean... Well, he doesn't punch. Guy's he doesn't punch or hurts your hand. Guy, yeah. Guy's name's Slappy. You can slap for longer. It's smart. Um, also, anytime anyone tried to say his name, he would slap them first. They're like, I guess we're just going to call you Slappy now. <laughs> if no one can even get your fucking name out. Um, he is also, I think, supposed to be a Chinese immigrant as okay. well. Right? Like, that is... There are some nuances that are, I think, tougher for us to detect because they come out through accents. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, like, Western viewers don't understand, like, oh, that person's talking differently than this person. Sure. Any Korean viewer would immediately recognize that. Mm -hmm. The way she talks, her Korean, apparently, is supposed to sound... The way Park Chan-wook describes it is like sort of Shakespearean. Like she's supposed to sound very classical, sure, in a way that kind of would hurt your ear. Cause like cause she's trying to period hard. films exactly. to learn it. There's right. that scene where she describes something as solitary, uh -huh. when basically she means like only. Right. It's a little flowery, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. And he right. laughs at it, and she doesn't understand why, because it's like it's not actually incorrect, but no one would say it that way. Yeah. Um. So he says he did it. Mm -hmm. He's like, I did it, yep. right? He gets caught. I don't right. know. I mean, that, that happens pretty quickly, even though 
uh, Hey June, the director detective, is like, no, 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 no. You're, I'm not right. getting fooled again. She yeah. did it. Like she killed. I've husband. seen my Hitchcock movies. This is some fucking strangers on a train ship. <laughs> What's the arrangement you guys had? Yeah. Uh, and then he finally confronts her on this mountain of destiny. Yeah, which right? I I will say, I don't know if I would go there. Well, well, this is the thing. Do you go back to your boring wife? God bless her. She seems like a nice lady. I'm not saying I wouldn't talk to Tong Wei anymore. I'm just saying I'd maybe pick the location. Oh, you're saying like, maybe I don't want <laughs> to see you the on day, a brunch. mountain. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I, I'm not pretending I would be able you to. You like locks? Do you want to get Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, yes, I would see her. We'd go to Russ and Daughters. We would right. not go to and a fucking And you'd have an appointment yeah. afterward, immediately yes. after yes. that you had yes. to get to. Yeah, and I'd, I'd say, like, David, can you just, like, text me at 1245 just to, like. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, right, right. Make sure, yeah. Um, so, uh, and she's like, I still have the phone. Because he'd given her this phone with yes. the, the, the 138 flights or whatever. Mm -hmm. And said, like, destroy it. She's like, I still have it. Yeah. Great thing to say, not dramatic at all. This whole confrontation scene, which like, is so find the deepest part of the scene. Where's that? <laughs> oh, <man>. Emotionally loaded. <laughs> this is gonna take all day. <laughs> Plays out while she's wearing like the headband with the light on it. Yes, which right. I was like, is this this is this the sun he's meant to look into well, for thirty minutes a day that actually doesn't help with his no sadness. Doesn't help with his brain, but I also uh, worried about the actor. I was like that. Would hurt, would for hurt. both of yes. them, yes. for her to just have to keep her head at a certain angle so that she wasn't blinding him the whole time during the scene. Or blinding the camera. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or him having to, like, be blinded. Yes. It's a lot. That was the hardest scene for me. Um, she's ba I mean, she's basically like, here's this phone. You can get me. Like, mm -hmm. I want to fix you. Sure. Right? You can, mm -hmm. you can still solve the crime. Mm -hmm. And he's like, here, I want to fix you. And by fix, I mean make out with sure right. love sex fuck sex fuck sex <laughs> yeah, i want to do a little bit of fuck sex well first i want to take your grandfather's ashes right. oh yeah toss them out yeah, get them out of here get them out and yeah. then let's smooch um and then we are kind of in the end game um in the beach game um mm -hmm. and there are so many sort of things i have to entangle about this right like but, but is there anything else we're missing oh can i just uh, you shout out to she Young Kim, please. Who is this great little character who comes in, and she's his new partner. And I loved her the second she walked on screen. I was like, "This is, this is she's, my girl. I love her so much." She's apparently a comedian. She's ooh. also in a dance group. Yeah, called like Five Something. Ooh, she seems a cool a cute. Hat. Yeah, I just love her. I thought yeah. I thought that casting was so interesting. Like I, she's so obviously a comedic force. Right. Right. I mean, I would have fun with, you know, just a TV show about his him trying to be a broken ass cop in in you know Fishtown. Yes, not to be, yeah. <laughs> you know, right? Like, but I do love right. It's like new partner. This should be like a reinvigorating moment for you. Yeah, and he's just so done. He's yeah. like so out past the point of no return. Um. Yeah, but I mean, I just and I was just like maybe one season every year at the end of every season. The way Tang Wei shows back up again with a new husband and then he dies. Sweet, she's sweet. like, I swear I didn't do it. Yeah, that sweeps. <laughs> and just like new highlights. She's the, the shy, sideshow Bob of the show. Right? <laughs> right. Once a season, there's a new plan to kill Bart. <laughs> so she basically confesses. Yeah. Or he figures, you know, like she did not kill her husband. She, But she gave Slappy mm -hmm. the pills, the sort of death pills that yes. she used to kill her grandma. Right. 
And knew he would kill her husband. Yes. Right? Wasn't it that she killed his mom and he said, if you if something happens to my mom, I'm gonna kill your husband? Right. Right. So yes, like, right, right. She right. She visited the mom in the hospital. Yes. Um, and right, she knew that would be right. That's the chain of events. That's, That's right. what I was trying yes. to yes. like untangle. Right. Um, it was it was basically uh f- forcing it, it it is a weird or sets strangers Stranger on train thing. Right. Where it's she, like, well, she found it, someone the to do the crime person, for her. Yes. Right. 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 Because her new husband cheated the mother out of all of her savings. Yes. Right. Because he invested. I mean, it he's seems like he was just buffoon. a scam artist. Yes. Yeah, right. exactly. But she just, yeah, recognized he's he's volatile and vindictive enough. If I push, he will respond. The other thing that's happened is he found a recording. Of, of the cop saying, I yes. love you yes. Yes. on her phone. He's like, I don't remember saying that. Yeah. And she's like, well, man, you were fucking, you know, in it. Yeah. You know, because you did. Uh, but, uh, and she says, I start, started loving you when you stopped loving me. Right. Basically. Uh, and so he goes to the beach to find her. And she's yeah. uh, buried, buried herself in the sand. She's dead. To make herself his unresolved case. Yes. Right. But it's it's a it's a um she go in beach dig hole very dead. I want to say like thrill of the <laughs> suicide by beach. Thrill of the chase <laughs> thing, right? But it it is this thing with like with attraction, romantic interest and all these sorts of things where it's like sometimes you can have the person who makes complete sense for you, but the fact that they are so deeply knowable and understandable to you mm-hmm. and available. Yes can't compete with the idea of like I can't solve this. Yeah. You know? And not like I can't solve this murder. It does not have to be a criminal, evil, scary thing. But just when someone is constantly one step away from you, there's something being held back. Uh yeah, right. And it's like she's completely drawn to his interest in her and that she can't figure out whether or not he trusts her. And the moment he gives up, she's done. Do you think she loves him? I think she does to a degree. Yeah, right? I think she does. But I think she also kind of loves the idea of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in a different way than he loves the idea of her. Yes. She loves the idea of him as someone where, like, after she, after he, you know, says, like, I know you did it and I'm not going to, you know, bust you. Yeah. Right? I, you know. How do you not fall in love with that a little bit? I also think uh, she has look the the men her her victims are all so predictable, easily manipulated. Right? She knows how to game out, getting to do what she wants, and having it all line up. Mm-hmm. And here is a guy who like kind of surprises her at every turn. Yes, mm-hmm. she thinks she's got the better of him, and in fact, he is able to come to her and say like, "I get it, and this is what I'm choosing to do." Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So much of her life is basically being able to run the simulation and be like, I know what fucking Slappy's going to do. If I do this, here are the next five steps. Right, and boys are bad. They're stupid. Right. They're going to let her down. Right. Yeah. But why does she uh, die in beach? Why does she beach hole? Why? She why does she do it? Because she has a relationship with the ocean. Hmm. She beach holes because... I, I think... <laughs> see, my... <laughs> but, I mean, obviously the main reason she does it is it's a banger of an ending. Yes. Him it's just, awesome, like, in the waves. Because Park Chan-wook like, was you? like, I've always wanted to kill someone this way. And that that shot of her 
sort of in the hole, you know, face on, like ready to go is is very arresting. But uh, it also thinks like, like what you were saying about, you know, uh, she leaves him with her being his unresolved thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's one of those people who you'll never get over because Correct. they always text you at like this one time mm-hmm. of day or night and mm-hmm. like hook in a little hook. Yeah. It's like those and and now she's just hooked him forever. <laughs> but I also like I don't think it is purely a like I am cursing you with this memory kind of thing. Mm. This like unresolved dangling thread thing. I think she also is to some degree like I I can't keep running. This mm-hmm. will catch up with me, right? At some point. Uh, whether he decides to turn on me or not, you know, like w- w- this is, is this sustainable? She doesn't want to just keep fucking murdering people, right? She's exhausted. Yes, exhausted. Just wants a fucking nap. She wants to make a the decision to, to leave. True. But I think the other thing is she is kind of, as much as she's cursing him to think about her forever, I think it's also to some degree an act of empathy for him. Where it's like, you know my whole thing now. You cannot get over me. If I'm still alive, it is going to destroy your life more actively. You're just going to completely throw everything away. That's a kind way of thinking about it. That I, I do think in the same way where you're like, does, he, does she love him? And yeah. the answer is in a way, right? Yeah. I think the part of her that loves him is just like, I'm dooming him by staying alive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Although she's not exactly going to make him feel fantastic by <laughs> sand beaching. No, this is what I'm saying though. It's it's like it's a it's a double-edged sword. <laughs> but also like she she's never going to feel the sense of like <laughs> I got away with it, right? Right. Because he did. I really got Tatiana there. like the idea of sand beaching <laughs> as a technique in like relationships. She sand beached. She fucking sand beaches him every weekend. <laughs> three girlfriends in a row have all sand beached. <laughs> and then it's two hours of where are you? Yeah. Really got to dig, you yeah. know. I just, I never go anywhere without a shovel. Though. It's all very dramatic. Yeah. Um, she buried that crow. Yeah. She buried that crow with a little bucket. Mm-hmm. Yes. She buried but I think herself with a little bucket. This is the thing. She's not a psychopath, right? So it's not like she does not feel remorse. And I think especially knowing that she was figured out, even if she is never uh, 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 captured, even if she is never turned in, you know, even if the information is never caught by someone who would uh, uh, sort of close the case on her, um, she will forever be haunted by the fact that she was knowable. Right? Both, like, in her person, but also in, like, uh, if it can be solved once, then how am I ever going to think I'm going to be able to live free of this? And then I, I think mm-hmm. that's the other part, which is, like, she feels guilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like her taking all those photos off the wall to allow him to sleep because these pictures are screaming at him. Yes. But she's also taking away she doesn't the evidence, but she's also, yeah. Right. She doesn't want him looking at these, but it's it's also it's great complex character They're both... because we can't know her. No, we can't know why she did it. Really, no. no. And she doesn't want to know herself. Right. She mm-hmm. couldn't sit down and tell us. Really. No. Yeah. Him knowing her too well scares her, makes her uncomfortable. 
But I think also it's just like she is more honestly in touch with herself, if only in the sense that like they're both irrevocably broken by this, by this entire series of experiences. And she just does much like she has for the whole running time of the film. I don't care if it's the dramatic thing to do, if it's the the thing that is justified in the grander course of how I see the events laid out. I guess I just got to kill myself in the same way that she's like, I guess I got to kill this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my read on it. I mean, we didn't touch on it too much, but I think her origins are playing into this as well. Um, her fleeing China, the way that she came over on a boat and it seemed like it was a really traumatic experience. Um, that probably also led to her feeling pretty broken inside that whole sort of sequence of events. Yeah, but people have to make a tremendous amount of difficult decisions in order to survive. Uh, you either then just sort of shut yourself off, put all of it in a box and never think about it ever again, or you're going to be haunted about it for the rest of your life. She says something like, I was a skeleton covered in feces or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. Like something really intense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. About the journey over. Yeah. But yeah. she's just been in survival mode for so long, right? Where you're like not even, she's she's just making calculated decisions based on like, what do I need to do to just stay alive, stay ahead, get my citizenship, all of this. And basically it's like, she's gotten to the point where like, it's done. She's kind of now set and settled. Mm-hmm. But also, she has been figured out. Mm-hmm. And she is known. Right. And that, I think, just becomes, like, unbearable for her to live with. There's something about ownership in it, too. Yeah. Like, there's something freeing about her being like, I'm going to choose to go and to not be. Yeah, also, like, decision to leave feels like uh, a synonym for breaking up. Mm-hmm. I broke up with him. I made the decision to leave. Sure. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly, like, in abusive relationships, that's always the language people use of, like, I finally just, like, made the decision to leave. Because it's the hardest thing to do. Right. Is to dec- You're always, like, trying to put it on the other person yeah, to, like, do it for you. Make the decision for you. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Right. Whether you're bored, whether it's painful, you whether it's abusive. Off a mountain. Right. Whether you're the problem or they're the problem or the whole thing's a problem or whatever it is. It's, like, that decision... I do think metaphorically this leave. Okay. I do think metaphorically this movie is sort of just about relationships, attraction, seduction, courtship, going to the beach, stagnancy, going to the beach, sand beaching yourself. <laughs> right, right, yeah, right, right. Boring sex. You know, it's like she sand beaches herself literally, but it's also just like she dumps him permanently in a way he will never get over, as you said. Because she ultimately, why does she do that? Because it leaves her with the power. Ultimately, right? I like to go to the beach. Such a power hungry dude. Exactly. <laughs> well, now I'm trying to read into that exactly. metaphorically. Yeah. I'm always going to the beach. David loves going to the beach. <laughs> he just like takes his car and he just drives to the beach in the middle of the day <laughs> by himself. In the morning. He takes his what? laptop really? and he just Oh, this is real. He just yeah. writes shit on the beach. Sometimes. You ever, you ever seen someone sand beach themselves or? Just someone next to me, like, don't mind me. Yeah. I'm just digging a seven foot hole. And then sitting two in it for later. a few hours. Yeah, so where is she? Ah! And I'm like, I'm going to move. David's like, typing up his review thing. of Elemental <laughs> while some detective breaks down. Um, big news. Mm-hmm. 
Ryan Seacrest will be the new uh, host of Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> Thank fucking God. Our long national nightmare is over. No. Thank God. Pat Sajak <laughs> made the decision to leave. He, he sure did? did? After how many years was it? Eight million? Uh, it's, I'm going to guess <laughs> close to 40? Like, right? I yeah. mean, I don't yeah, know. Who's the co-host on the uh, show? Isn't it Vanna White? Or Vanna White. Vanna's still Vanna is going to still I think be it going, is right? still Vanna White. It's kind of rude to just not fucking let Vanna host. You know what? That's a You're fair point. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, you know, there was a point where she's they started in... to let her talk. Yeah. Remember right. that? Yeah, we yeah. slowly, it only took 40 years to get to that point where she's allowed to speak one word at a time. Isn't what does she do? She goes like ding ding ding, right? She used to turn the Physical. letters, uh-huh. right. but now is, it's all computerized. But now she just yeah, she like, kind of taps them, right? Hovers over them, yeah. <laughs> Hover. It's, a, <laughs> <laughs> it's all a simulation. Um, no real words up there anymore. <laughs> yeah, let Vanna do it. Maybe she doesn't want to do it. She made the decision to spin. The wheel. She know. wants to be a contestant now. <laughs> yeah, she maybe. Really wants to win. I've never watched Wheel of Fortune. That's all bad. the way from never my favorite. Stop yeah. going to the beach and start going to the. You think I should stop going to the VR? Yeah. Turn on my TV. <laughs> That's why I've been watching. Catch up. Because yeah, you're watch doing Jeopardy and then. Just well, unfortunately, that no, show comes I would on. watch Jeopardy, yeah. and then it'd be like wheel up, and you'd be like click. Like, yeah. right? no, Time to that's make dinner. You turn it up. <laughs> you get close. Um, some things, some other facts about this movie. The craft mm-hmm. of this movie. He uh, uses a lot of old school filmmaking techniques here: vintage okay. lenses, fixed camera setups, natural mm-hmm. lighting. He wanted to go a little. Back to what he called the traditional carpenter approach for this one, because he's doing kind of an old-fashioned uh, vibe, sure. in, in his opinion. Sure. Um, so he wanted to be a little more restrained. Mm-hmm. I guess he means more restrained than The Handmaiden. This is still a movie with some wild camera moves, oh, yeah. and right, yeah. like you know, yeah. like yeah. a chainmail glove. Uh-huh. Uh, the production design of this movie is out of control. So good, so all the beautiful. like crazy wallpaper and the mountains and all that shit. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything else like that's really important. Um, they did put body mounts for the chase scenes onto the so the cameras actors. are like on their shoulders. Uh, yes, basically. so they had to yeah. run. Oh, so they ran with a camera on their shoulders. Yes, that's wild. Uh, so that he says that is one of the few, like you know, brevarest things. Currently miming out what that would be like because like, you had head on shoulders. I had head on, but shoulders. no camera. I did have camera. Oh, you did have. Camera. I had camera on head. Oh, sure, because it's got to, like, map your face for the VFX, so right? It's right here, like the mic in it front of your face. So you on face, it head on head, yes. stilts on feet. Like, how do you <laughs> Act talk on to me. anyone? Right? You like, don't, you're, like, looking around them. And like, there's a lot of like, cross time. There's, like, romance on that show, right? I had you to have, make out with the camera. <laughs> you have to, right, you have to, you know, have chemistry. You have yeah. to, you, I said this to you after I watched it, but, like, you basically have to do every type of acting on that show. <laughs> Just because, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. no, but it's like it it swings so wildly around yeah. different things, and then all the technical difficulties, yeah, on top of that, yeah, yeah, it it was a, it was a lot, yeah, it was a lot. Um, this film premiered at the Cannes Film Festival, mm-hmm. uh, Park won Best Director. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, he's won a prize at every Cannes Film Festival he's been at, except for the one with The Handmaiden. Rude. Weird. Was a pretty big Korean hit, mm-hmm. made $15 million there, uh, was rolled out by Mubi in America, as we said, was nominated, was uh, submitted to the Oscars, but didn't win. Shortlisted. Correct. Uh, and the, it was shortlisted, right, made the 10. It made the 10. But not the 5. It's, it's tough to make the 10. It's not as hard as it is to make David's 5, but it is tough to make the 10. 
And obviously, we are concluding our park series here, but he does have the sympathizer coming out sometime on HBO or Max or whatever the fuck it's called now. Yes. In the fall, maybe, right? Or mm-hmm. early. He has next an year. HBO series where Robert Downey Jr. plays multiple characters. Never heard of it. <laughs> looks pretty wild. It looks crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he may finally make his long-awaited The Axe, which is a film he's been trying to make for like 20 years. Okay. I don't know. Hey? He, he, when they ask him about his next project, he's kind of like, maybe that. Can I ask what the budget of this movie was? Uh, One billion dollars. <laughs> no, let me see. expensive film ever made. Uh, How does a movie like this get made? Well, because it's a CJ Entertainment film, which mm-hmm. is sort of, it was the budget was $10 million. Oh, um, yeah, and uh, you know, wow. perfect. Korea does have oh. obviously a thriving film industry, but mm-hmm. CJ Entertainment is kind of like the the big boy. Sure. Um, and uh, and yeah, they you know they'll they'll put up some cash for a yeah. film like this. Yeah, like ten million's like such a reasonable amount. Yes, for a stunning like such a lushly shot beautiful movie. I could have told it's you like, twenty, and you would have bought it because it's yeah. such yeah, a good looking sure. movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and that's sushi. Oh, that alone. Lucho De Niro. <laughs> that was five. Yeah, that was half the budget. Yeah. Do you want to play the box office game for a Korean or American release? I say let's do both. Okay, fine. All right, so this film came out in Korea. We're going to play the box office game now. Tatiana. Yeah, I'm okay. scared of this okay, game. Okay, don't be scared. I had to listen to Tatiana try to explain this to someone. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That's fun. You were listening to me? Yeah. It's this it's a, it's a trivia game. No, no, it wasn't that. It was you were making me sound like I was Rain Man. Were you going no, through just, a tunnel? Yeah, yeah, I was on a phone. It's yeah. a, that, that. We were in a car, and she was like, "His like friend like points at him, and then he just starts saying numbers." <laughs> it, you weren't explaining a way that made it sound dumb. You were explaining a way that made, made me sound, sound like a right. lunatic. But that's that's you're how a little I crazy. Experience though. I agree. This like game. sometimes yeah. I will be like, "Yeah, it's like a thriller," and you're like. You know, you just say that immediate domestic like, disturbance. Truly, yeah, right? Domestic disturbance. Okay, so this film. I, I mean, I appreciate <laughs> actually someone sort of uh, recognizing my my yeah. experience of this game. I yeah. see just like, you. I it, feel it you. feels like weird numbers, and then yeah. them just being like, yeah, 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 yeah. His friend says a weekend, and then he says numbers. <laughs> <laughs> the weekend in Korea, Griffin, okay. is July twenty seventh. This is like Park Chan-wook's Big Willie sorry, weekend. Sorry, June twenty seventh. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, and it's opening number two behind the biggest movie, pretty much of 2022. An American, not film? not including Avatar. Yes, an American film. Uh, what was the thing before Avatar? It was the big movie of the summer. Yes, Top Gun Maverick. That's right. Uh, so all over the world, yes. everyone's going crazy for. And a you Top know Gun why? Because it's good. No country was the villain in that. That's movie. true. <laughs> what do you mean? Those bastards in their uh mountainous seaside country yes. that's uh, from the country has super, of uh, super weapons uh, uh, helmet stand <laughs> no facia i just remember like some geographer was like yeah it's supposed to be like a coastal nation but there's like mountains 100 miles there's nowhere right. on earth that's like the you know that would have like <laughs> yeah. a nuclear weapon or whatever anyway uh number it's, two decisionally sure okay number three is a sequel mm. it's a science fiction action horror Korean film. Science fiction. Uh, the director is Park Hoon Jung. Okay. Uh, uh, better known as a writer. He wrote I Saw the Devil. Okay. Uh, but he's now a director. Uh, you don't know this film, obviously. I don't know a, this. You're telling no, me I don't know this I film? I don't think so. Would I know the first film? No. No? The, what is it then? It's called The Witch Part 2, The Other One. I think I could have guessed the that. The Other One. 
You do? I think I would have gotten to that title if I just started saying words. You would have gotten to the which part two, the other one? Which part two, the other one? Sequel to which part one, the subversion? The first one. Oh, okay. Yeah. The main one. I don't know. Something to do with witches. Okay. Number four, another Korean film with kind of a fun title. Which part one, the other two? That's the joke I should have made. Go on. Um, this is also a there. sequel. Yeah. Crime action mm-hmm. comedy film. Okay. Uh, you know, a, a, sequel, film. a sequel to a film called The Outlaws. And this is called The Outlaws to the other four. Um, both of these films star uh the actor Ma Dong Seok, who we know as Don Lee. Yes. Uh, who is in uh, sure. you know, um Trin Eternals. Trin yeah. Uh, but he's in many Korean. He's yeah. a huge Korean star. Yes. Uh so this is, you know, it's cops. Uh Two Korean cops. They go to Vietnam in this one. Okay. Uh, there's some murders. They have to solve them. Okay. Highest performing South Korean release since the pandemic. Wow. What's it called? It's called The Roundup. Oh, so it's, it does, it's not two. It's a different, totally different title. No, okay. apparently in Korea, the, t- the title is Crime City 2. Okay. Well, but that's... the American title is The Roundup. Crime City 2 is a pretty good title. Uh, I don't yeah. know, man. It's a huge hit. Huge okay. hit. Okay. Number five is a Pixar movie. Uh, So that... Would be Lightyear? Lightyear. Weird, huh? Did it do well there? I don't know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Number five. Yeah. What are you, number five? And is that movie based on the toy or is it based on the real man who the toy is based on? Seen Lightyear? I have not. It's yeah. really easy to explain. <laughs> it's really easy to avoid. Came up with a really clean premise and then just communicate it perfectly to the whole world. They've also gotten their top ten. They got Broker, the um, you know, oh, uh, sure. Hir- Hirokazu yes. Kar- yes. Kareda film, his first Korean language film. You got Jurassic World Dominion. Mm-hmm. You got a Pokemon movie. A Pokemon movie? What is it? There's what so many of them. I, it doesn't ha- I'll find out which number it is for you. Do you not keep up with the Pokemon movies? Uh, no, you I don't do catch not. them all. I do not. Catch David them catches all. most <laughs> I do not. things in the Pokemon universe. I enjoy. I, I enjoy uh, the 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 Pokemon games. Uh huh. Like the uh, card game? No, the video game. It's oh, a video okay. game. Well, but it's also a card <laughs> game. Yeah, you're it's right. Also it's also a card I, game. I did like the card game when I was a kid. I, I haven't played that in a while. Yeah, now this he's grown up and he only be... plays the video games. <laughs> oh boy, uh, I'm gonna have to count. I don't know. Uh, one, two. <laughs> Is this still Ash narrative? They just retired Ash, right? This looks like the 11th Pokemon wow. film. Uh, Ash. I didn't know Ash retired. Ash retired. Ash is still involved. Ash and in Brock. One. Okay. Yeah, he's in this one. Yeah. Ash did finally retire. He made he the decision to 12 leave. or whatever. Yeah, he made <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Ash, how old Ash is he now. Ash Um... Uh, and also, there's uh, "Come On, Come On" the the Mike Mills movie with Joaquin in the top ten. It's not even oh. opening. It's number ten. I love wow. that movie. Um, but also, like eighteen months later. Okay. Yeah. Does anybody know that kid was British? I went to a screaming where they did a Q and A afterwards. Like, and hello. It yeah. felt like a bit. It's so disturbing because yes. he's so believable. He's incredible, and, and he's talking like nonstop in that movie yeah. too, yeah. right? It's not and like, like a free, like free ball. Like right, it feels right. like he's, yeah, he's improvising. improvising. Right, it, that feels like a performance where it's like, well, they wrote no dialogue for the kid; they just put him in there with yes. Joaquin Phoenix. Right, They're like and, roll the camera now. Right, and yeah. he, and like Mike Mills was like Keanu, like, Keanu. Why am I saying Keanu? Joaquin. Uh, was like he would know Joaquin's lines, and he would have to cue Joaquin. That that that. Kid. Yeah, incredibly good. What's um, his name? Woody Norman. Woody Norman is his name, and good he's name he's too. in he's in a bunch of he's working. That's the other thing. I hear Woody Norman. I'm like, he grew up on a ranch. Yeah, yeah it's true. Like it sounds like they plucked that British. kid out of Iowa or yeah. whatever. 
Yeah, he's in um the last voyage of the Demeter, the, oh, uh, sure. the upcoming Dracula movie. I there Spoiler, haven't been enough Dracula, Dracula movies about. this year. I've been waiting for another Dracula picture. He's in this movie called Cobweb with uh Lizzie Kaplan. Okay. This looks like a horror movie. He's good. And he's in the the next uh Russo Brothers movie, The Electric State. Okay, this kid He's this working. Kid's working. This kid's working. Yeah. He's Seriously. booking. Yeah. Apparently he, he was books. apparently played a character called Valentine in the 50s in a pull dark. Okay. Okay. Do you want the American <laughs> box office yes. or are we done? All right, fine. Jesus Christ. Okay. This movie came out in October in America. Okay. October 2022. Number hmm. one, big horror film. Number one, big horror but film. But somewhat of a disappointment. In performance? In performance, especially critically. Halloween ends. That's right. Okay. Number two, a horror film that was a huge overperformance. Smile. Smile. Did you see Smile? Too scared. Yeah. <laughs> I watched the trailer and I couldn't stop thinking about it every time I went pee in the you're night. <laughs> like when it's you're peeing, my worst you're just nightmare. imagining a smiling person. Yeah. It's it's something pulled directly from my brain. That movie, the just someone walking in and smiling. You hate smiling. And then like about to kill you. You also, you've just been talking to us about how you spent like uh, six months with a fake smiling head attached to the top of your <laughs> yeah, skull. Totally. Wait, Maybe that's you're haunted by your own smiling face painted green. Possibly? You just read me for filth, yeah. Griffin. Yeah. Um, number three at the box office is a um, children's <laughs> film. The I'm blind weirdest contour drawing. <laughs> is that supposed to be me? It's a blind contour drawing. Okay. It's gotta be. It's gonna be fucked up. Oh my god! You don't right. look down at the page. You just draw. Oh, it is a good drawing. Yeah, it yeah. looks cool. Yeah, it looks cool. It does. Yeah, I. I'll try it better. Okay. Okay. I'm don't just, don't I'm be stay very still. Okay, David. What's number three? Uh, at the children. Box office? <laughs> Kill, a children's just be film. normal. I'm gonna be very. It was pretty normal. much the only children's film at the box office the whole fall, so it kind of ate. Fuck, but it wasn't Puss in Boots because that comes out later. <laughs> no, and it's one of those movies that is clearly absolute garbage, but you and others were sort of like, mm, there's something to this one. I kind of liked it. Yes. You liked a performance in particular. I liked a performance in particular. Did I give it a blankie? <laughs> you Are you like it. trying to sound constipated? He's trying to do a thing where he's <laughs> not like moving he's his mouth. To, to move be still so, so that the oh, okay. portrait is flattering. <laughs> Come on. You gave it a blankie nomination. For a voice performance. No, for supporting actor. But it's animated? Or, it's, oh, 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 it's uh, Lyle, Lyle Crocodile. Hybrid. It's Lyle, Lyle Crocodile. Yeah, that movie sucks, but Javier Bardem's incredible in it. Really? Yes. Incredible performance. Vo vocal performance. No. Live no, action. No, oh. He's playing a man. Big ass mustache. A human man. Oh Suspenders. God. You want to see what he looks like? Plays a, like yeah. a failed circus entertainer, basically. Wow. Yeah. And you zeroed in on this as... I watched it on a plane. He looks like this. Buddy. <laughs> yeah. I love him. Yeah, I also want lovable. that t-shirt very badly. Oh, my God. Yep. That's what he looks like. Uh, he's got a big Florida gator on his t-shirt. He kind of looks like, I don't know, you know, Wario and Mario got smushed say, together. Like, yeah. yeah. Like retired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Like Wario oh, runs Mario a home. Wario and Mario, Mario and yeah. are so close, but there is like, but smushing them together is just a he's, little. He, but I'd almost like, say you need to yeah. also throw in Luigi and Waluigi. Yeah, get them he's all together. Yeah, yeah. He's the whole Mario family. Yeah. Um, number four at the box office, a film we covered on this podcast, an excellent historical action epic. Uh, rudely and ignored by the Oscars. Yeah, Woman King. The Woman King. Yeah, good movie. Good ass movie. Uh, and number five, uh, a <laughs> film that was not rudely a historical epic that was not rudely ignored by the Oscars because <laughs> nobody liked it. Sucks ass. Yeah. Amsterdam. Yeah. yeah. Sucks ass. Apologies <laughs> if anyone knows anyone in that movie in this room because there's like a million people in it. 
I was the girl who died at the beginning. Oh, you died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Which you've seen. I've never seen. Oh, yeah. I saw Amsterdam. I, I, I took a trip to Amsterdam. There was a classic. I am a film critic. Yes. And uh, there was a release from a studio with major actors yep. from a major filmmaker of sorts. And I was just Made like. the decision <laughs> to leave. <laughs> 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 Sand Beach that day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've also got Don't Worry, Darling. Uh-huh. Uh, normal, 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 yeah, normal. No, no normal, weird, no normal. weird buzz around that one. Uh, Barbarian. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oh, I saw that which movie. is good. Barbarian. Yeah, Barbarian. I love that movie. Yeah, Mama. Oof, baby. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Terrifier two. Uh, the the the, right, the horror the weird, movie with the clown. The the little clown that could you know, <laughs> tear up the box office. <laughs> uh, bros. Bros. Bro, bros. Bros. Oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> and. Hanging out in October at number ten, Top, Top Gun, Gun Maverick. Wow, pretty wow. crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's the, the. All right, now do your fucking park rankings. Well, let me let me just say this. We're just you know, Tatiana's listening to all this garbage. Fine, I'll do the rankings. No, no, no. Quick. What do you want to say? You what have you yours. No, no, no. It's better to say this after the rankings. I think. Okay. Uh, here are my rankings of Park Ten Wood okay. films. Number one, Handmaiden. Mm. Number two, have you seen Handmaiden? I have. Uh, yes. You, great movie. Number two, Thirst. Mm-hmm. Number three, Lady Vengeance. And went to the bathroom. He did. Number four, Decision to Leave. Mm-hmm. Number five, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Mm-hmm. Number six, Old Boy. Seven, JSA. Eight, Stoker. Nine, I'm a Cyborg, but that's okay. And I like all of those movies. Yes. And then number 10, Trio. And number 11, and the other fucking, his first movie. The Moon is the, moon is the, the sun Sunstream. Fart. Yeah. Uh, he made these two movies that nobody likes, oh, including that he doesn't like. <laughs> He's oh, like, he doesn't don't watch like them. Yeah. 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 He sand beached them. Uh, <laughs> he honestly has tried. Yes. Uh, number one, Handmaiden. Okay. Number two, Lady Vengeance. Okay. Number three, Decision to Leave. Sure. Number four, Stoker. Oh, Stoker. This is where I start doing with the, uh, Do I think controversial rankings. Okay. Number five, Cyborg. Oh, you have that higher. Sure. I love that movie. Number sure. six, Thirst. Yeah. Number seven, sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Okay. Number eight, old boy. People will whatever. Lock me in a hotel room What's for nine? thirty years for that ranking. Number nine, JSA. Okay. Uh, much like you, I agree. I think like all, all these nine movies. of those are good. Uh, number number ten, trio. Yeah. Which I maintain is okay. A little bit okay. Another controversial stance. Four out of ten. Number eleven, the the moon is the sun's. The, the, yeah, yeah, we got it. Great. Here's what I was gonna say. I led with I think making Todd feel uncomfortable, self conscious when I when I foregrounded your Emmy win. <laughs> There's a better honorific to throw out here because you're in a very a very select category. We do our own award show at the end of every year. And you this were nominated by <gasps> David Sims. I think you so won. What? Pretty I think for you stronger. won. For, what? for Stranger? <laughs> for Stranger. And I did say it like that. <laughs> yeah. Which was weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. Whoa, you're, no way. You're incredible in that you were, movie. You were David's best supporting actor pick that way. Actress pick. That I was year. David Gordon Green's best supporting actor in that movie. Right. He <laughs> bet it all on you. He was, he was great. Is he great? Yeah. And he, what he did like for that killer. film was he said, I'm not going to work with, like, he usually works with, like, the same crew, people he's known forever. Mm-hmm. And he con- made a concerted effort to pick people he'd never worked with before. So, he like, the crew was, like, new to him. You had to do he an accent. To take himself. It's one of the hardest accents in terms of people being mean about doing that accent. So I feel hard. Like. Yeah. Thankfully, mine was a, a soft, 
soft but still, version of it. I feel like, well, you took a job. I had to that run. Was, that, I had to run in that movie. A lot of yeah, running. You're, yeah, absolutely. I tried to learn to run. Um, you were born to run. Baby. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a classic. I said this other, but like where yeah. at TIFF, where I go to Toronto and I see uh, Toronto, a city you you know, I'm Not sure. Not familiar. Okay. Yeah. Never heard um, and I, you know, you're packing in the movies. I'm at the mm-hmm. film festival. I'm watching a million. And I was like, oh, do I want to see the fucking bar- marathon bombing movie? Like, it's going to be a bummer. <laughs> it was at like nine in the morning. And I like walked in like last minute and I sat down and that movie, like, I love that movie. Oh, wow. It like made me, it, I've seen it like four times. No Which way. is insane for a movie about a guy who got his legs blown off. God bless yeah. him. Like, you know, Jeez. I know he's oh a real God. person. Look, yeah, not to, not to blow. How many people have won an Emmy? Tons. <laughs> Tons. Tons. Seven people have officially won a David <laughs> in that David. category. Wait, is there a little little statue? Every yeah, sure. I'll get I'll get yeah, one. Yeah, get me. I'll put that one on that, that, that next to my Olympic medal. That's the just medal. my smiling face. Yes, yeah, as a mask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, completely dead. Uh, thank you for bringing that up, Griffin. That's not that. embarrassing at all. We just what? get your head that. 3D scanned. Cool. Yes. That sounds chill. Then we print your head, <laughs> slap it on a chill. fucking little mount. <laughs> That's first place. I think you should. It's a, it's a limited club. People we have nominated or given our fake Who've awards been to. Our then show. Our show. Yeah, it rarely happens where that line is crossed. No one should be allowed. On I agree. Show. That's why I'm calling attention to it. <laughs> Never again. Embarrassing. I'm double honored. Um, yeah, well, I also p- voted for you at the New York Film Critics Circle, which is a real awards organization. For, right here. for Stranger as well? Yeah, but you got your ass kicked by oh, whoever by that was Oh, by anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> by literally Sorry. everyone. Uh, but your name was read aloud. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Did they pronounce it correctly? That's a great question, and my guess is no. no. Uh, my guess is, I think it was David Edelstein was the chair that year, and he was not the great with Pronounce, sure, pronounce you got it to Tanya. There was the one year. To Tanya, do you get that a lot? <laughs> yes. To oh, Tanya, like, like, sort of like the Shakespeare character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think people just don't want to say it right. Huh. It feels Tatiana. like a choice. Tatiana. Tatiana. Um, Tatiana. Wait, am I doing wrong? Tatiana. Yeah. Tatiana. 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 Yeah. You don't want to put the H in. Tatiana. No, like, <laughs> like Tatiana. You know, oh, like, oh, like oh. You know, sort of put a. Why sure. people who say Tatiana? Tatiana. Yeah. Um. Oh my god! I had some incredible. Po- oh, there was a year right. Um, the the uh, musician and actress Jungle Pussy. Yes, oh. is in the film. Um, support the girls. Support the girls. Yes, and, and she and got a bunch of supporting actress nominations at the Critics Circle the that votes. year. Yes, right. the votes. Right. right. And every and we just read them out of a hat. And so Eric Cohn was the just Jungle Pussy. Jungle Pussy. <laughs> it was just very funny. <laughs> you know, mix of Allison Janney, Jungle Pussy. Yeah. You know, like um, God bless her. I mean, she's amazing in that. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Um. Anyway, oh, what are we doing next? That's the only thing left we have to announce. That's the last order of business, isn't it? Yeah. See, this is the end of our mini series, uh, Tatiana. So we have to tell people what director we're covering after this one. And you already kind of revealed it, John Cassavetes. You did. Yes, it's good. Well, we'll do one. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, I'm seizing the moment. <laughs> yeah. I'm holding the show hostage. Uh, no, no, as you said, because you rewatched it recently. Your husband will be a guest very soon. Uh, we we are doing the films of David Fincher, who has a new movie coming out this fall. We want to sync up with that. Yes, he has a new and film out, The also, Killer. Also, we couldn't let the Doughboys cover every single Fincher movie before us. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and your sainted husband will be on one of those episodes. Yes. That's why you were watching the game. Sainted husband. Sainted husband. <laughs> Is he not sainted? He's canonized, yes. Yeah. Brendan. 
Yeah. Um, uh, not to spoil who's going to be on the game, but sure. whatever. David Fincher, the curious cast of Benjamin... The curious, the pod, curious pod of Benjamin Buttcast. That's what we've decided <laughs> on. Yeah, you know what drives me crazy? Uh, Tyler, are like crazy fans love to try to suss out based on anything and everything what we're covering ahead, months ahead. And they've like gamed out mm, the Fincher thing. And they just keep on being like, confirmed, confirmed, confirmed. We figured it out. And then someone yesterday on Reddit fucking said, they're probably going to call it the Curious Pot of Benjamin Buttcast, right? No God way. damn it. These fuckers. A they're day before I get to say wow. it on mic. Yeah. Well, wow. whatever. They're not going to hear this episode for three more months. No. They'll probably figure out your social security number by then. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're All done. Sand beached me. Uh, is there anything you want to plug? I just finished a play. Yes. And I hope that you all saw it. I look, I saw it. I had a great time. I thought it was That's great. a lot of fun and you're excellent in it. And unfortunately, <laughs> it is closing the day after this episode comes so out. Get your ticks now, get guys. It. Get it's in. It's your last chance. Yeah. Uh, you've gotten to work with Lori Metcalf for the last couple of months. Who's like one of the best living actors, and Paul in my Spark. opinion. Who's incredible oh, in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, is yeah. he cool? So cool. Be funny. Like, that Absolutely. Sucks. Fucking sucks. Bad person. Terrible actor. That's right. <laughs> no, no. He's, no he's, I love him. He's wonderful. Yeah. He's really great. But yeah, what are you doing next? Or is it a secret? Probably still striking. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. That, that's, that's up in the air, of course. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know. Uh, thank you so much for being on. Thanks for having yeah. me. I loved it. Hey, you're the best. You guys are the best. Um, and you, thank you. You are the best. You are the best. I'm okay. David's mid. Yeah. Pretty mid. Yeah, I think David's actually a little cringe. Thank you all for <laughs> listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you to Marie Barty for our social media helping to produce the show. Thank you to Joe Bone and Pat Reynolds for our artwork. Leigh Montgomery and the Great American Novel for our theme song. JJ Birch for our research. Alex Barron, AJ McKeon for our editing. We're going straight into Alien 3 next week. Is that correct? That is correct. After We're having right to do a to couple Alien new 3. releases. Why not? And there'll be more towards the end of the year, including the new Fincher. But we're just going straight in. No palate cleanser. Uh, but over on Patreon, we are doing are we on to Brosnan Bond at this point? Are we still finishing up the oceans? Have I ruined a thing? <laughs> yeah. You, you, well, we've announced it okay so brosnan bond next brosnan bond it's time uh, for coming bond up again. next is yeah whatever it's all tell good. me what's happening it's next? the alien versus predators episode we announced it well that sounds fun and Fincher. i'm gonna say it again because we're doing we're alien gonna three, we're gonna cover the two alien versus predators there you It'll go be cool one of them is really fun and one of them is the worst fucking movie in the world <laughs> yeah again fun. apologies if you know anyone in the <laughs> Tatiana directed it there. Directorial you know, debut. Stephen Pasquale is in it. I love him so much. Great actor. He's, oh, yeah. he's, he's uh, isn't a, uh, the actress from Half Nelson's in it too? I think she's in a different one. I know um, I know who you're talking she's about. She's in Alien versus Predator. Right? But maybe I'm wrong. wrong. No. Um, oh, no, she is uncredited. Weird. Okay. Um, so tune in for that. Yep. You can go to uh, blankcheckpod.com for links to all sorts of nerdy shit, including our Patreon merch. And as always, life isn't always a day at the sand beach. <laughs>